What's happening, everybody? Welcome to uh, this week's episode of Philadelphia. I am your host, Q, and my co-hosts are nowhere to be found. Um, <laughs> I have no idea why they're not here, but it's all good. I, I can carry on my own. I uh, just want to say shout-out to, uh, to Sheila and uh, her show on Sanctum Citizen. Haven't, just, haven't seen you in a very long time. Very uh, very happy to see you around. Um, I can go ahead and, uh, and, and get started and uh, wait for um, my tardy co-host to show up. But uh, first of all, I just wanted to uh, thank everybody for, uh, for dropping in um, right as soon as the show starts. I, I love to see people here right away. And uh, we've got a pretty interesting topic queued up. Um, and that is what I call the, the gradual drift, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, de- the definitional creep that eventually leads to semantic collapse when it comes to words like, say, gaslighting and trauma, trauma dumping, and now grooming. And we can get into the history of that in just a second. But first, a word uh, about our, our sponsor. So our sponsor this week is NameHusky.com. Now, that was a project between uh, myself and a couple of other people, but it's, uh, it's actually off the ground now. And uh, NameHusky.com, uh, the, uh, their motto is the, the price is the price. And that's because unlike uh, other domain name providers, if you're looking for like a, a .com or a .net, a .org, a .tv, .whatever, Oftentimes what will happen is that they give you a teaser price for the first year. So you might get a domain name for like $9.95 or even like $0.05. Cents. I mean, there are some, there are some you know, companies that will drop the, uh, the price down to practically nothing. But then in the following year, you get charged over and above what it actually is supposed to cost for a domain name. Uh, so, for example, uh, some of them will cost, say, like $19.95 for a .com, even as much as, say, $29.95, as high as I've seen anyway. But if you're looking for a, uh, a nifty new domain name, and you want to pay the same price every single year unless the domain registrars mandate that the price goes up, uh, NameHusky.com will not hit you on the teaser rate and then charge you way more money down the road, uh, which, I mean, makes a hell of a lot of sense if you're not throwing away $5, $10, $20 on a yearly basis, and that's how these companies make their money. Uh, so a .com domain on NameHusky.com is as low as $14.99. And you'll find uh, .orgs, .ca domains, and uh, pretty much every other domain that you need for uh, a fairly low and competitive price. And uh, they do have 24-7 customer service. Uh, that's through uh, both uh, chat, email, and over the telephone. Uh, so yeah, if you're looking for a nifty new domain name, uh, check out namehusky.com. Um, going, this is actually a topic that I didn't really want to talk about. I, I really wrestled with this one. And that's because... Groomer discourse has broken my brain in half. The first time I ever saw this word was years ago. Way back, like, cast your mind back to, like, the Tumblr days back when, like, Doctor Who was being played by Matt Smith, right? Uh, Stephen Moffat was highly valued in the world. Beyonce was next to godhood. And you could... You could quite reasonably cancel a celebrity for saying something stupid like 20 years ago. And uh, grooming discourse is one of those discourses that I saw sort of like churning around the Tumblr sphere. I didn't, I didn't quite know how dangerous this place was when, when I first happened upon it. And, and now we're all paying for the consequences of not shutting this place down earlier. And what I would see is people getting mad. First it was with celebrities. They would say that, you know, celebrities ha- that have massive age gaps between themselves and their boyfriends, girlfriends, or spouses, etc. It it just smacks of grooming. Now, as we know, you know, grooming is 
not simply having an age gap between yourself and your partner of like five years or 10 years or more. Grooming is when you actively try to court somebody who is like underage, like somebody who is like 15, 16 years old and are just sort of like chilling in the cut waiting until they turn 18 years old. So that after all the time that you've spent trying to ply them towards being sexually available, you can do so without any sort of legal drama. I, I still think it makes you a fucking pedophile, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. Now, here's the thing. That's not to say that I think that uh, people who speak to somebody else who, uh, who is far younger than them um, are, at, are automatically uh, groomers of any kind. But I, I think that one kind of escaped containment. Um, after, I mean, first we started making jokes about Leonardo DiCaprio, and we started making jokes about uh, people that certain celebrities, um, sort of certain other like their weirdo behavior. Army Hammer, I think, is probably the best example of this, where he was not only like just going after I think fairly young girls, but like having conversations about like eating their flesh, bones, uh, which is it's fine when it's a meme, but then you start seeing things like people saying that. Keanu Reeves, you know, he has a fairly healthy marriage, and his wife is not necessarily problematic in terms of their age gap, but kind of on the cusp. I think his wife is about nine years younger than he is. And it, it gradually began to spiral to the point where you were seeing people you were seeing people say things like, well, you know, if you're, say, 25 years old and you date a 21-year-old, well, what are you doing dating a 21-year-old? I mean, they've just, like, just gotten out into the world, and... They're, you know, they're, they're only able to legally drink now. They've only been able to vote for a couple of years. I mean, sure, you can, like, send them off. But you can, you can put a soldier's uniform on them and ship them off overseas and just allow them to, like, slaughter people wholesale. But if you are 25 years old and you have an attraction to a 21-year-old, well, you know, why, why would you be attracted to somebody whose brain hasn't quite matured yet? And then from there, it, it started moving on from the domain of the heterosexual into, like, queer culture. So people started calling like queer relationships into question. Uh, probably the most, you know, uh, probably the, I guess like the most high profile and I think the most spiteful case of this um, is uh, people talking about uh, Glenn Greenwald and his, his husband, David Miranda. And, you know, I, I've heard people make all kinds of just, I think, pretty gross accusations against Glenn. Um, granted, I mean, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. You you uh, you end up becoming friends with lips of TikTok. I mean, you know, those are the uh, the O2. So, however, however, I I just I've always had a massive distaste for this discourse when it comes to queer culture, especially because I, I think when when you have a lot of young people um, sort of enmeshed in queer culture, the problem is is that they're learning about queer culture from their friends, not necessarily from people who lived through. The days of, you know, the bathhouse raids, um, the days of, you know, a rough cruising, and also the days of uh, the HIV AIDS crisis. And I don't think people understand what it means to have a significant portion, if not the outright majority in some places, of your dating cohort just die or be killed. And uh, there's, you know, there's also the, uh, the, the concomitant disaster of, you know, young people having to run away from their homes because they're being sexually abused or possibly because they're being, like, now, physically abused, they're being berated, they're being called all kinds of names, they're being shown hatred and homophobia by their own families. And that's how they, you know, the villages end up uh, becoming created, is that uh, you know, LGBTQ people move into a certain urban section of you know, whichever large municipality they happen to live near, and they protect each other. 
and the uh, you know, it, regardless of what you think about it, like I don't necessarily have any opinions on it myself, but you would have a lot of older gay guys looking out for the younger ones. Um, they might let them say move in and take an extra room. Uh, they might uh, put them up in a house, um, and they might answer relationships after a period of time. Now, could you call it opportunistic? I mean, if you're an older person that uh, has like the power to kick a younger person out of your home, can they be said to be willfully exercising their agency and dating you? Yeah, I can see how that gets kind of money. But the problem is that's not grooming. I mean, that's just that's just not what grooming is. And I, I see this happen so often is that somebody discovers that like you know some older gay has uh, has a partner that if you take it back to when they met. Um, or to when they began the relationship, is like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. So what was going on with this relationship? Isn't that kind of weird to y'all? Does that not seem problematic? And the problem is that, like, you'd never get to control how these words end up getting used. And I saw the exact same thing happen to privilege back in 2018, 2019, and early 2020, especially in 2019, uh, when the uh, Canadian railways were being shut down by indigenous protesters and the uh, then leader of the Conservative Party uh, came out on the microphone and talked about uh, protesters needing to check their privilege because people have to go to work. I mean, it was kind of like a, it was a one-two knockout punch to me on, on the, the word privilege having any relevance whatsoever. One, it, it was really fucking racist because it implies that the protesters simply don't have jobs. And, you know, the, the idea of, like, indigenous people in Canada not having jobs is a like a, a gross and widespread stereotype. And then second, it's he he's done exactly with he's done with that word exactly what its purpose is, is to simply like shift the balance of rhetorical power to the person using it. It doesn't actually necessarily mean anything because you never have to define it. It simply means whatever it is that you need to mean. And in this case, yeah, people who are are blocking railways in solidarity with a protest that was protecting uh not just indigenous communities, but unseated First Nations from having a, a, a pipeline run through their territory. I mean, that was that was pro one of the largest shows of solidarity, if not the largest show of solidarity that I've seen in my lifetime anyway, Canada. And uh, the unfortunate part is that uh, you saw news outlets begin parroting the exact same talking point afterwards. So the, when the definition creep of privilege stops being, hey, you should take into account how people who don't look like you, people who have, say, black skin or people who worship uh, worship differently. They may be uh, Abrahamics, but they, they, they name their God Allah and not, say, God or Yahweh. Well, they live a life that you could never fully understand. And this goes back to, you know, Peggy, Peggy McIntosh, the invisible knapsack and all that. But the idea of privilege was just a rhetorical tool to show people that, hey, Maybe take into consideration that when you say that black people should just, you know, get over racism and get over the past and whatever, they're walking around with a historical weight and a present day set of circumstances and prejudices that you're never really going to understand. Just imagine walking around with this invisible knapsack and it's like load bearing on your shoulders. You're walking around with this heavy load all day. And what it's gradually come to mean to is that if you are different than me and I can imagine that your life is easier, then you are therefore privileged. You don't actually ever have to prove anything. And so the, 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 the definition creep on privilege eventually collapses uh, when it comes out of the, uh, the leader of the uh, Canadian Conservative Party when he says to indigenous protesters, you need to check your privilege. And I thought that, it, that was like the coup de grace. 
Like, that was the end of privileged discourse in my imagination. And I think what's happened to groomer discourse this past week, I, I think groomer has now achieved complete total semantic collapse. And that was, uh, you, you guys might have heard of a, uh, a, a case out of, out of Laverne, Tennessee, and that involves a bunch of police officers. Now, five officers were fired, but, like, pretty much the entire department was implicated in this. Uh, the, the police chief was also fired. And that was essentially, they were just, they were getting it on like a 1980s college co-ed porn. It was insane. So just to recap people's uh, minds here, um, and this is you know reading from an article that uh, came out in, in People Magazine on the 11th of January, uh, five police officers in Tennessee have been fired and three others have been suspended following a sex scandal within their department. The eight Laverne officers were disciplined earlier this week following an internal investigation into reports of multiple sexual encounters involving members of the second shift, according to NBC affiliate WSNB. The investigation revealed that Officer Megan Hall was intimately involved with several officers on her shift, both on and off the clock. So, I mean, like, they're getting it on and, like, like over the desk. They're getting it on in, like, the, the, the break room. They're getting it on on police cruisers. Like, they're just fucking all over the place. Paul and four other officers, Sergeant Lewis Powell, Sergeant Henry Ty McGowan, Detective Seneca Shields, and Officer Juan Lugo Perez were fired for their roles in the scandal, according to WSMV and CBS affiliate, yada, yada, yada. Officers uh, Patrick Magliocco, Larry Holiday, and Gavin Schrubble, Showbarrel, were suspended for their roles as well. The Laverne Police Department did not immediately respond to people's requests for comment. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, it that didn't turn out to be the end of the story. I mean, firing the police officers um, could not be the end of the story. And the uh, the mayor uh, proclaiming his faith in the police department, despite like 60% of the active duty uh, officers being implicated in a horrendous and just like just, just lascivious sex scandal. Well, that officer, Megan Hall, has now filed a lawsuit and accused the other officers of grooming her. She was groomed into the position. Now, there is some merit to this. Um, what what she does specify is that there was an atmosphere that was in, like highly sexually charged, sexually charged, to a grossly unprofessional degree. And I don't think anybody is necessarily uh, arguing that. I mean, the police chief was sending off, you know, uh, texts and videos um, of Megan Hall and having conversations about like other women officers on the in the in the police department. And they were just talking talking about them like a bunch of eighth graders. It was pretty embarrassing. So I think there is truth to the claim that it was a highly sexually charged and inappropriate environment that, I mean, every HR representative for that police department upon reading the outline or the outline of the investigation should have just like dropped that immediately. On the other hand, you can't be groomed as an adult. You just like, and, and, Karthik, feel free to jump in on this whenever you need to, because I didn't, I didn't want to get on here and monologue. I just want to make sure that everybody's caught up, but I'm sorry. If you have a legitimate grievance against your place of employment because you felt like you were sexually pressured or you were pressured into, uh, let's say, making yourself sexually available or even having sex with your coworkers, I mean, that is a crime. Like, sexual coercion is, like, there's no question about it. That is a crime. But to say that you were groomed is to say that when you began having these inappropriate conversations, you literally were an infant or had the mind of an infant. But 
I don't know if you differ. And if anybody else uh, on the anybody else listening differs, I mean, feel free to to hop in and let me know. But I just I I hate this idea that in order for a legitimate claim to be brought forward by somebody who's been wronged by an institution or by other people, they have to then they have to cast themselves as helpless children, just wandering babes, in order for it to land. Because like any different point of view on this, Karthik. Any kind of, you know, you know what is so crazy, Q? Like, I actually misread this article and I'm really glad that, like, I waited for you to completely explain this. Uh, and I think that's why, like, I, at my first reaction was like, oh, my God, this is like, at first I didn't realize that this, this uh, Miss Hall uh, was also a cop. I thought that this, this was a person who um, was arrested for something or, like, was uh, was detained for something and that these officers had like uh, misbehaved entirely and that this was a minor this was my assumption like i for some reason while reading the story like none of the facts seem to have registered that uh, the, you're actually talking about another officer which kind of like is what shocked me because like i i kind of really took the groomer discourse seriously and i thought that this was an underage person whom the no, cops no, did this should, to you should never you should never take unless it involves like like actual demonstrable sexual misconduct or inappropriate behavior around children it is it is not grooming yeah like, but i, I first I, thought I that this saw, was an underage person saw the other day i saw and this is this is like another or like there are certain words that kind of like portend semantic collapse and one of them is power dynamic like the moment you see somebody bring the words power dynamic into a conversation you know what's about to get real stupid right so I, I literally saw somebody say the other day that a 25-year-old, because everybody has this idea that, like, neuroplasticity ends at the age of 25. Like, we, our brains hmm. develop, and at the age of 25, our brains are, like, they're just, they're, they're like, the, they're out of the oven now. Like, they're done. They're done cooking, right? And until the age of 25, can you really consider that person an adult? I mean... Maybe like 21-year-olds can date 21-year-olds or 22-year-olds can date 23-year-olds, but can, let's say, a 28-year-old date a 23-year-old? Absolutely not, because a 23-year-old, their brains haven't fully developed yet. Never mind that, like, your brain continues to develop all the way to the point that you, like, assume room temperature. But you, you, you can't say something like a 25-year-old can groom a 25-year-old because of the differences in power dynamic. Well, what if, what if, the, what if one of them has more money or... Or if one of them has a higher position in the workplace, or or one of them yeah, has a more important job title. What if one of them comes from a, a more powerful country? And it's just this endless like parsing of our lives and identities down to like the molecular level is, I mean, on top of just being incredibly fucking annoying, it's it's also alienating because it basically what what it ends up with is saying that none of us can really relate to one another because even though we might have similar shared experiences. Our experiences are not the exact same, and therefore, none of us can truly understand how each other feels. So when it comes to this this uh, this grooming conversation, I think it adds an, an added layer of danger to that. We've been seeing that happen, and I literally said, once the right wing gets a hold of this, it is going to be, it is going to button hook and get used against the LGBTQ community immediately. The amount of LGBTQ uh, teachers, Childcare workers, librarians, etc., people that would come into regular contact with children, soccer coaches, you know, like the you set yourself up because it's we're only about fifteen or so years removed 
from the idea that if you are gay and you want to adopt children, there is something deeply sinister about that. Like, why are you interested in having children? You can't have your own children, right? Never mind, like, the amount of children that have to be adopted, but, like, there's always been this, like, this sense of, like, sinister intent where it comes to gay men especially and children. But it's also now, it's, it's becoming, you know, displaced onto trans people. And I think that's just because, like, trans people, there's a, vis, there's a visual aspect to it that people believe that they can just, like, clock a trans person. So, you know, regardless of, like, whether somebody passes or not, shouldn't really matter. What matters here is that you can't necessarily tell if somebody is gay just by being in the same room as them. You don't necessarily know that. People believe that they can tell who a trans person is just by looking at them, which is, I think, had hilarious results for, like, strong-jawed women, <laughs> like, strong-jawed cis women who suddenly find themselves on the outs. But, uh, the, uh, like, the, the, the idea of somebody grooming somebody else and you're both adults is, to me, fucking preposterous. And you, you're basically saying that you are a child. You should be treated as such. But I, I don't know. If any, I, I would like to hear what everyone else's uh, point of view on this is. Um, I, I did have an article um, on the – I'm pretty sure the, uh, the lawsuit was oh, – I forget how many millions that she was asking for. On a, on a, on a side note, like I want to yeah. share this because I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, I saw a tweet uh, this morning that uh, was shared by somebody, and uh, it, was, it was like this old dude who was complaining that uh, uh, Gen Z uh, girls – uh, seem to love body hair or like uh, armpit hair and I was like my first thought was like wow a groomer who doesn't like body hair I was like uh, <laughs> annoying kind of uh, hey. yeah, I, I but, but, but on the other hand like uh, the, the power dynamic thing is like pretty interesting because I was and still am under the impression that if you work for someone even if you're the same ages and uh, even if you were like closer in age or like, you know, not too far apart, then there's definitely an element of coercion uh, baked into it. Like, and I think that that's the popular definition. If you are, if you are saying that like, that's not considered a, I mean, it might not be considered grooming, but it is considered like coercion. I don't know if that's like something well, that I mean, like, like sex, like sexual coercion. It, it is, it's a, like, it's a, a, a legal category of crimes. Like, you can be in prison for sexual coercion. Like if you if you uh, have a position of power over somebody else in the workplace, and you essentially give them a choice of doing sexual favors for you or being punished somehow, like that's an actual crime. So we don't have to come up with another word for it. The word already is coercion. But by right. like, uh, uh, you know, th th it's like. These words are like you remember that uh, remember that that Nintendo game Pikmin. Sorry, not Pikmin. Pikmin. That's the wrong one. No, 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 no. No, it's um. Uh, my God, it's gonna come back to me now. Oh my gosh, I'm having an old man moment here. Um, it's it's like it's the game where like the uh, the the one little character throws everybody up into a giant ball. Katamari Damacy. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Um. <laughs> Oh like, yeah, there's somebody. Somebody said it. At the, uh, yeah, I saw that. that yeah. Shank. Good, good looking that. out. Exact same time. But yeah, Katamari Damacy. So like, the so like the character's goal was just to like roll the entire world up into a giant ball, called the Katamari, right? And that's kind of what these these like meaning these, these now meaningless terms do. 
because everything just gets rolled into this gigantic, like messy bolus that is supposed to be defined by the word itself, but nobody can ever really pick apart what it means. So when somebody says that, when, when a grown adult, now if you can, if you make the case that you were sexually harassed at the workplace, sure. I'm completely willing to accept that because, I mean, we know sexual harassment happens in the workplace and we know sexual harassment happens in police departments for sure. Uh, do we know uh, if, if somebody says that uh, they were, say, sexually assaulted at the workplace? Again, it's a thing that happens. If easy enough to believe, warrants investigation. But when you say you were groomed at the workplace, what is anybody supposed to do with that? So you've got to, you, you got to be like, like under 18. In sex, order to... Sexual harassment, sexual harassment and sexual coercion and sexual assault are like, like they're, they're legal categories. Grooming is not a legal category, at least not between adults. Right. right? Like you can be, you can be charged with grooming a minor, but like when you're no longer a minor, what, what, what value does the word grooming have? It just makes the act look more egregious and therefore uh, more punishable um, if in a, in a public forum, I think. I, I, I don't think that like legal recourse is what... Yes, you're right. Yeah, 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 dude, noise. why is your audio always so bad? Why stupid ass stuck on? <laughs> Okay, you know what? Why don't uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, let you off and come back as soon as you fi- uh, figure out your audio issue. Cool. Oh wait. Hold on. Can you hear me a little better? Uh, Somewhat. I can hear you better now. Yeah. You don't sound like you're. You don't sound like you're 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 calling us from like the sensor of the dioxin tanks that are lying in a death ring in the middle of East Palestine, Ohio. <laughs> Look, I was on a bus. Blame that, all right? Like, anyway, I'll just make this quick because I'm stuck. Uh, just a heads up, I am currently 20 minutes away from an active shooter situation going on at MSU, oh so that's why I'm what? stuck on my phone. Oh, no, I'm not even kidding. Go look on the news right goddamn now. It's Holy going God. on. Wait. For anyone wondering at Michigan State University, go look. I am not joking. Holy go shit. fucking look on the news. It's happening right oh, goddamn yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It says, uh, yeah, police responding to an active shooter at Michigan State University. Holy shit. Yeah, and I'm stuck on a goddamn bus because, because of what I think has to go in and out of campus. Like, literally the only reason... Hey, so are you safe now? Or you if you don't stop... I thought I thought GM Chrysler and Ford got that. No, but are you like in a in a safe? Uh, are you in a well, safe the position? Take the buses. <laughs> <laughs> like why would they like like that's like making crack illegal. No, that's okay. like Pablo Escobar making crack illegal. Yeah. What doesn't make any sense? Never mind. I, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm that's gonna be serious. I'm not sorry, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. Nah, nah, I'm in. Yeah, what was the? So yeah. Nah, nah, I'm in Michigan. Now I'm in Michigan. I'm used to hearing gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> Especially my. Oh no, I'm perfectly fine. It's just I know where it's at because I used to work on campus. But anyway, enough about me living in America. Living in America. Anyway. Uh, about the topic at hand. Dot dot dot. Yeah, the, the semantic discourse has just gone completely to absolute shit. And it's just, you know... Uh, the, the comments are already pretty much co- covering it pretty well in, in here, but it's, I'll just say it on my own words. 
this is what happens when you have adults who don't who have found an intellectual way to excuse basically being infantilized. That's what this whole discourse tends to point has pretty much boiled down to at this point. Because it just feels like everyone <laughs> involved is it, it feels like the okay. It feels like it feels similar to like how you see like uh, how you see like the discourse about like guys and are you calling it over now? <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, one of the, I was going to ask you where it was you need. Nice. Uh, yeah, All right, you I know what? Uh, yeah. Anyway, like, I'm, uh, anyway, I'll just finish it up that, like this uh, with you guys. Um, I'll finish it up like this. Groomer it's stupid. The, it goes nowhere. Uh, the, the strictest legislations and against uh, yeah, you're right. It was people in Florida. For this uh, yeah, now right. Like, I mean, let's, like I, digress, I didn't I realize go. this. Hooray! Let the bus start moving again. Now I think that like you know, teacher hanging Thank God. Anyway, I'm alive, everybody. Like the age that he was teaching, I don't think that that's like. You know, it's it's a pretty uh, murky situation, and I'm sure, like you know, Donald Trump is going to make the most of this uh, when they run against each other. Oh, Ron DeSantis, yeah, right. He's calling him Meatball Ron now, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think it's kind of funny. But it doesn't I, I matter think it's, if it's funnier the, than listen, like uh, calling him the sanctimonious, bitchiest, yeah. cattiest street man on this planet. It doesn't matter if it's murky or not. What matters is, does he think? Actually, I shouldn't even say. It. Does he think it's true? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to him if it's true. Yeah. What matters is, is it funny? If he can make it funny, he's go- he's gonna run with it. Is he? Oh my god. Meatball. <laughs> what what's up, Scott? Yeah, Ron DeSanctimonious. No, he yeah, you you can't necessarily make his last name into a pun. You just you just gotta go. You, like when you when you used to call uh Bernie Sanders crazy Bernie or or you know, Joe Biden Sleepy Joe, like you just you just gotta run with it. What's up, Scott? How you doing? Doing alright. Uh it's been in an interesting Katamari Damacy was my shit, man. I used to play that game and just chill out. I never for thought hours. I would be able to derive that much pleasure from wadding up digital objects into a giant fucking ball. <laughs> I knew, like you, who whoever came up with that was a goddamn genius. Uh, I forget the dude's name. It's some Japanese guy who who like yeah, yeah. he has some weird reason for creating the game. Because he had like a dream I mean, they or always something. Do. Like it'll, it'll yeah. be like you know, I was uh, I, I I was thrown into like a severe state of depression by my mother's death, and then you get like Final Fantasy VII, or you'll have like somebody who says you know I, I just I feel that we have lost our like the, the we've lost our national character and the compassion they're in, and you know it's become this sort of like hardened pseudo patriotism, you know, and then you get uh, Studio Ghibli. And then there's like <laughs> Katamari Damacy. I don't know what the what the fuck impulse came up with that, but whatever it was, my god, man! Like what I I want to know what pack that man was smoking on. I want to know. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Um, regarding the discussion so far, 
Yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct that, that grooming is becoming a word without a definition, even though it, it has a very clear cut, like, there are specific uh, actions, you know, that are taken in order to groom someone. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, like, sexual coercion or even just manipulation is totally, there's different power dynamics and it's, really only grooming when it's, you know, an adult doing it long term with a child. Um, am I am I correct in in that assessment? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the idea is that you are like beginning to you are using your influence as an adult to uh, change that child's behavior to be mm-hmm. more open uh, to sexuality at an age where they're just absolutely not ready for it. And in particular, right. sexuality with you. Right, right. Um, and there's a prevalence of that there, there's a lot of that coming out. Like there's, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? Ezra Miller had some sort of weird cult. Oh my he God. Was grooming. Ezra Miller is a, you know, I'm never going to understand how it is that, that Warner brothers kept Ezra Miller after he became a criminal fucking mastermind. And Seriously. Like, yeah, like it was literally grooming minors, but also just like pistol whipping, like like any, if you <laughs> yeah. were a random white woman sitting on a bar in Honolulu, Hawaii, God only, like God helped you. Jared Leto is right? also supposed to be like the son of somebody Ezra Miller who was, uh, was within in about a five mile radius, like some could be, really dodgy um, situations, with, like, like a, uh, some kind of like defensive defense department like type of connection cult. things like, like something off like with that. This whole, like, I think he was the first. If I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna look this up, but first time I could remember. Yes, go on. It might have been Jared Leto. Jared Leto's got a weird, weird thing going on. Yeah, Jared Leto's got like a whole cult though, like. Like he's yeah. like a Jared Little was like a Raelian, like a modern day Raelian. Yeah. But yes. Aren't they all though? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, so so, so yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we 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 agree on that part. My my reason for calling is to kind of discuss like groomer is a very easy shorthand to say you know person we don't like it's a it's a very it's a disparaging thing to call someone and it instantaneously gives you this very visceral reaction you know because nobody likes a groomer and people are, are throwing it around now just for anybody they don't like the right wings are right wingers are calling each other groomers yeah. you know it's not just the left calling the right and the right calling the left um and i wondered what your thoughts were on how much this relates to uh to kind of right wing fascism and how that is uh about changing the language and having an enemy and you know having in groups and out groups that are vilified um so yeah i wondered if you well, i mean it's, a, it's the same thing like it's the exact same thing that, that people were calling you know gay men in the 1980s and 1990s and, you know, if you're if you were a gay man and or if you were outed as gay and you were mm-hmm. let's say a teacher or a clergy person uh or even just a, just a regular old parent i mean you stood a significant chance of being called some variety of pederast and, mm-hmm. and that's that's because like people have always had this, the idea that well you know if a man can uh you know 
like break himself away from the uh, the natural inclination, God's given inclination, uh, to procreate with women, and begins instead to procreate with men. Well, who's to stop them from pro- like who's to stop them from having sex? Which sorry, I use the word procreate with men, and that's just. <laughs> oh, I'm about to send myself down a semantic rabbit hole. I'm pulling myself right out. You know what? I'm just gonna I'm covering that manhole cover or that that manhole with cement. I'm filling it with cement. <laughs> Watch out the manhole, manhole. cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> but um, but you get the idea, right? Like yeah. the the idea yes. that uh yeah. The the idea that if you are, are having sex with a man, well then what won't you have sex with? Right? And I, I think like yeah. people would pull stories out of like ancient Greece and ancient Rome to try and make these cases. They would say, like, you know, all these these, uh, these 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 Romans. I mean, what brought them down was like the uh, decline of their moral character. It's funny how now they'll say that Rome was brought down by feminism. Um, but when I was growing up, I and whenever I heard about the collapse of Rome, I heard about Rome's decadent character, and they would point to people like Caligula, you know, who was known for right. having these like these wild debauched sex parties. But it wasn't just the sex parties that sort of like uh, rankled people. It was the fact that Romans were very comfortable with having sex with men and also having sex with boys and it it just is there's an instant association in people's minds that if you are somebody who has like a romantic attraction to men then there's really nothing to which you won't stoop and i literally would see on like on fox news i they would have anchors talking about well if you can marry a man why not just marry a turtle like that was the uh, but isn't identify, that? Identify, it's, identify, it's, identify, and, and how did how did the Fox News people like uh, square this with the, with their characterization of the the Judeo Christian civilization being the pinnacle of like you know human civilization? That, because, that's like, what they're worried about, though. Like they're worried about the decline of civilization, and that no, they they always like, like refer to the Greeks and Romans as like the pinnacle of it. Yeah. No, right? like I mean, sorry, go ahead, Karthik. Yeah, they, I mean, like, they always refer to the Greeks and Romans as, like, I mean, when, when Jordan Peterson or, like, when Tucker Carlson talks about the, or even Ben Shapiro talks about, like, the the merits of Judeo-Christian civilization, yeah. uh, he, they are, like, all referring to, like, starting with the Greeks and then the Romans, uh, but then at the same time, like, they also have this uh, kind of antithetical view of, uh, like, all of these things that you mentioned, which were pretty, as you said, like uh, po- popular or like, you know, and, and all of that and like in those civilizations, then, um, I mean, it's just like, it just seems like a contradiction that they don't even want to seem to address. Yeah, I, well, I, isn't... I, I just don't think any of them were really taking it that seriously. They just, like every election cycle and every generational cycle, uh, the corporate right wing just needs a new chew toy. Right, so right now it, it happens to be trans people, but like everybody lands on the radar at some point. It's been Jewish people, it's been Black people, it's been Mexican people, it's been Asian people, it's been Muslim people. Like there's always some, you know, some some uh, some foreign threat. This uh, this existential crisis that we're standing in because we are at the precipice. We are at the uh, the edge of the class of civilizations. And now when you hear people talking about like you know trans people being uh, degenerates or that 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 uh, homosexuality and LGBTQ and woke identity is is causing this rotting dysgenic effect that is going to collapse our civilization. I, I look to the fact that you have a, like, three-mile island incident that happened out in the middle of fucking Ohio, and nobody's nobody's been arrested. It's crazy no, that that nobody's, is not nobody's on the front page. Nobody's been lined up against the wall. No, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's not even on the front page of the news. 
the yeah. news is all about think, the fourth object we've shot down. I, I don't like talking about like, oh, it's not, you know, the, the media is not talking about it. I think that if the media is not talking about it, then people have a responsibility to talk about these things. But I, I, I will say that it's it's wild to me. Like, I, I, I don't but know. This is a media we'll, story. Yeah, this is a story that is the magnitude that the media should be covering it more so than it these is. balloons that it's we just, keep on shooting down. It is. It's just, I mean, you know what side of the, you know what side they're better. Abs- abs- yeah, absolutely. So it's it's basically a question and answers itself. Why isn't the media covering this more? Well, I mean, why isn't the media covering it more? Think like think for like three seconds and the answer will come to you. But I feel I, like they just don't want to don't want to basically malign the the Biden administration and like hand it's victory partially to partially that. No, I yeah. I think there is. Uh, it, there is partially some semblance of loyalty to, to the Biden administration. Uh, I think that there's like this insane deference to Pete Buttigieg, which I have never understood where it comes from. But there's so al- he's supposed there's to be a prospective like, candidate and stuff like that. I think no, there's there's also this postmodernist, like this this postmodernist divorcing of all effects from their causes. Like nothing causes anything anymore. Everything simply like just springs up out of the ground fully formed like athena from the head of zeus and when a rail disaster like this happens don't look too hard uh at who necessarily uh, who voted for uh breaking the strike when rail workers were trying to bring stronger safety measures against these railways not just uh mechanical safety measures uh for example like updated braking systems was uh, was something that uh uh uh, yeah, the railroad company fought against. Sorry, the name of the company just like left out of my head. But uh, they they were fighting against like updating the braking systems, but also to let rail workers like fucking have enough time to sleep. But we don't have to get like too far down that rabbit hole because we're we're drifting a field to the subject. What I'm trying to say here is that like we we understand what role the media has to play in like perpetuating this discourse because once right. you seize on a buzzword as convenient as groomer. You can just bring back the gay panics of the 1980s all over again. Like you can, you can then relitigate conversations about whether gay men should even be allowed to adopt children. You can do that. But my problem is, why did why why did we let people get away with saying that dumb shit for so long? It means nothing if you're not talking about somebody who is a quite literal minor, like somebody who is under the age of 18. It means nothing. You can't groom an adult. You can coerce an adult you can harass an adult you can sexually assault an adult can you groom an adult no but it it that's because the purpose of it now is to vilify someone it's not to actually describe someone doing something you know yeah that the word describes it's that semantic breakdown that you're talking about yeah i mean it's it from what i understand it's for right uh right wingers to call trans and queer people now and like especially yeah, but, uh, what is what is insane is that like these are the people who actually want the lower age of consent and like want 14 year olds to but, work but in the mines and factories and like carry children it's crazy thing, we know that though but the like the thing that drives me fucking ballistic is that that word got pushed into the popular popular lexicon by the very same types of people that it's being used against now right you know what I mean? It's like, and I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming like queer and trans people for this. What I'm saying is that I, I saw it arising in queer and trans spaces, and then it, it broke containment, got out into the general population, and here we are. 
Sorry, I'm not familiar with this. So that, that there was people in the in the queer community that were calling out other queer people. Uh, they were calling out straight people. I mean, it was both straight and queer okay. people, primarily like young adults. Uh, like, you know, when people say that, you know, the fact that I have to see a 14 year old's opinion on Twitter is a crime <laughs> against me personally. I, 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 I really mean that. And it's not just 14 year olds. Yeah. Like I see, I see full on like Anna Mardal. Anna Mardal is like in, in his thirties and still talks like that. Right. Like still talks about like, and th this would often come up in, uh, oftentimes in like, say like fantasy fiction, sci-fi fiction, and especially young adult fiction. It's like every problematic aspect of any character, like all the all the rough edges have to be completely sanded down. If there's anything that might disturb me about any character whatsoever, it must be immediately done away with because it's problematic. And so it, it, it was like young people, but it also was people in these like these insane like like hyper collectivized art communities, especially in literature, where they would come up with these ideas, these rules these like terms of like social engagement how it is that people are supposed to move through the world nobody else was consulted on it besides these fucking weirdos because they would just have these arguments with each other in their you know their their like tumblr response pages or discord or wherever yeah. and it's an academic conversation everybody else was supposed to follow yeah i think it's just basically an academic conversation that they're having offline i, I think it's just like a uh i mean I, I i wonder how much of this also has to do with the fact that like there's a there's a like a tremendous increase, arguably, in like the number of grad students or like you know people with master's degrees, and uh, uh, not as much you know gainful employment in in the workforce necessarily. Oh man, sounds um, like a skill issue to me. Sorry, sounds like a skill issue to me. <laughs> skill issue? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> but at the, but at the same time, I want I wonder like you know maybe with the with the adjunctification and like uh, uh, there's really no hope for you to like uh, get. Yeah anywhere with like a an advanced degree so you kind of have to put that to use by like creating your own little uh community I, thing. I, I don't even think these are academics per se like these are just like these are just young and very immature people like there's also a lot of them who are in their 30s that just like they just sit around and be miserable on the internet and every so often they cook off with a ridiculous take that somehow grows legs sheila you actually had a really good point in the chat okay what which point was that i was making many Oh, okay. I, I saw you talking about Corey Feldman. Which is oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, Corey, he Feldman tried to, Corey Feldman tried to warn people. All right, look what happened. You know, I mean, that guy is so qualified. Now, I think it was like last summer, I was, I was, uh, I was driving to, to Subaru. And, um, and my driver was kind of a weird guy. And he started asking questions that, that you know, about you know, that, that were obviously leading to, you know, pedophile borderland. And I'm like, this is, the what? you know, yeah. I mean, he was just trying to, I guess he was trying to, to, to suss out boundaries with me. Cause you know, and I didn't realize what, what kind of, cause people will put you in odd situations. You know, this has happened to me my, my entire life. I have, I don't have like a dubious face or anything like that, but you know, I, I have a very open, you don't have a dubious face. Yeah. Like I have an open face. Like, like people okay. will come up to I've me. What do either of those terms mean? Refer to the face as dubious before. What does that mean? Like, like I, a doubtful I don't know what face. Open like, or dubious means. You're not, you're huh? not sure about what their intentions are. 
Uh, I, I have oh, a okay, okay, yeah, yeah, like, uh, like people yeah, yeah. come up you're not, you're not sus, anything. you're saying you're not sus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, I don't, I have a seemingly innocent looking face. I don't know. People project whatever, whatever it is that's going on with them at me. Yeah. I, I don't know why it happens. It just does. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm practicing avidly to not taking it personally. I got a lot more practice in LA, uh, but that's where Corey Feldman is. And people are chronically projecting their own situation, their, their internal dialogue right on you. And you're like, this is a mental thing that's going on inside of this man. And I really want no part of it. So I kind of started talking outside of other, you know, grabbing on other things, clothing, fashion, you know, just, just please God get, get me out of the zone of, of talking about this. Cause I, Nobody feels comfortable about talking about pedophilia or, or grooming, you know, especially if you've had some close calls. Uh, it's really not a good scene because, um, yeah. you know, I mean, no, nobody wants to go back there and visit. You know, nobody wants to be like, yeah, let me just stroll down memory lane and, and talk about that one time that creepy guy who was friends with my uncle decided to take me in the back room and show me his junk. You know, yeah. nobody wants to do that. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, what what bothers me is that uh, a lot of the same people that talk about being, let's say, like, uh, having a hard time watching a movie if the subject matter, like, hits a little too close to home, or that they believe that, like, we should make reasonable accommodations for people who, let's say, have, like, you know, uh, issues with, like, mental uh, health disorders or are neurodivergent, have invisible disabilities, etc., which are, I mean, to me, that's all like, that's, you know, it's common sense and worthwhile. We can always cr like create more accessibility for others who are disabled or, you know, have, have, yeah, let's say like, uh, I mean, there's a, there's do, a but, stigma and but, people but, don't want to announce their but, business. But here's wanna... the thing. The problem is they're the same people that will casually toss off the word groomer and pedophile so flippantly, like it means nothing. And this is like, this, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go like rip open my heart to talk about this one but I will say that like being somebody that that word means something to like being somebody that has a uh, a, a personal experience um and a, which is a, not you know, that a traumatic set of experiences to, yeah. to watch people just as we toss it off so easily it's just like you don't have any respect for survivors of childhood sexual abuse whatsoever you don't really care about them they're just a rhetorical point for you and that's the part that like really pisses me off the most is that the people who are supposed to okay. know better are the ones that are, that are they, like they introduce it into the lexicon. And now that the right wingers are weaponizing that their own mistakes against them, what do they do? They triple down and throw the like they just spike the volleyball back. And meanwhile, like those of us sitting on the sidelines, especially those who have, you know, those of us who have had like childhood related incidents and have had to go like through years of therapy. To, uh, you know, to, to, to heal from that shit. We're just watching the, the, the ball go back and forth across the net. Like, are you idiots ever going to stop playing this fucking game? Because it's not a game to the rest yeah. of us. Yeah. It's, like, it. It, it, it's worth investigating what the, I mean, uh, sorry, examining what the point of doing all of that is. Like, in, in even calling, like, somebody groomer, I feel like the intent is never uh, necessarily to, not never, okay, I wouldn't say never, but, like, not often, uh, is the intent to actually bring people when you justice say groomer, or anything like that? When you say groomer, you you've just, like you've taken an action and like 
solidified it into a person. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. what, and what, what about did... actual groomers? People well, who groom dogs. Did anybody they... ever? Did anybody <laughs> ever? Uh, did anybody dogs. ever call? Because I don't remember this. I do like if anybody else does, you let me know. But I don't remember when I was young, like hearing stories about people like uh, like Gary Glitter, or like you know like oh, any no. number of Catholic priests. I don't remember hearing them being called groomers. I remember them being called like pederasts and pedophiles and child touchers and all, but I never heard groomer. And that's because like the so here's the thing. In in the word groomer, the action or the uh the the malice in the word is not towards the act of like sexually interfering with a minor. What it is is saying that you are the type of person that I think would be very likely to be in, involved in this behavior. And well, then how is that different from Caddyshack? And these people aren't winning. It isn't. That's the thing. It's, 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 again, it's like it's, it, when you have these words that don't have any concrete meaning, because like, like I said, like, I don't know that there's anywhere I, that you could, you could look to, let's say, I don't know, like a, a legal case or whatever, where you can, like, if somebody commits rape, they're a rapist, you know, right? If, if somebody commits, um, you know, uh, a sexual assault against a minor, they're called a pedophile, but rumor? Well, what do you call Where somebody who from? abuses language on a routine basis? A liar? Uh, no, a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not an epithet. Is that an epithet now? I mean, it's not, it's I mean, not it is to me. an epithet. There yeah. has to be, a, you, know, you know, you don't want to use the same medicine they're using. You want to be accurate. You want to give them a right name for the crap that they're doing because yeah. they're mischaracterizing. It, they're defaming an innocent person, you know, a, ran, a random person because they don't like their politics or they don't like their opposition to, to their dominance in the conversation. Yeah. Like, I think when the right does it, like there's this, there's this understanding that they use the word because they know it like cuts to people's insecurity like people people who are like gay and trans non-binary etc like people who just look away that invokes a feeling of deep sexual discomfort in others mm-hmm. they know that as they walk through the world that there is like like, uh, the, like there's like radiation particles emitting from them. Like they just know that people are looking at them differently. And it's not in, not just like with hostility or just outright contempt, like it is with, let's say like uh, black people or Mexicans or Pakistanis or whoever. They're looking at them with this odd mix of like s- sexual confusion and s- like sexual revulsion, but oftentimes a little bit of like sexual curiosity. And it's that part that makes people so quick to just like name them as all kinds of, you know, degenerate and pedophile and whatever. And I think ultimately what it is, is like, I don't think most people really care that much about trans women using women's wash. I don't think they care that much. And the reason I know uh, that I, is because I, I want them to use the middle bathroom. I just, I'll, I'll just say, I it. think, I think most people I, I want them care. to use the middle bathroom unless they've had the surgery and they've, they've committed completely. I, and they, if they still have male equipment, they need to be in the middle bathroom. Here, okay, here, here's here's my here's my solution. Okay, my solution is just have fucking water closets. Why do we like? Why do we need that? Like, I think maybe you need a family bathroom for <laughs> no. Seriously, maybe you need a family bathroom for changing diapers, right? But like, when you go into the bathroom, what do you do? You go, you squat, 
and you do your business, you wipe up because you fucking Americans don't wash your asses. Then you get up and you wash your hands and you leave, right? So why, why is it that the act of defecating, like the act of eliminating from one's body, why does it have to be a shared experience anyway? Just go into a fucking water closet. Like I've seen this, I've seen this at restaurants where, and at nightclubs, I see this all happen. Uh, they, this built in a lot of nightclubs. Where you don't have it's a Texas thing to have. The yeah, water you don't have gendered washrooms. You just have like a row of toilets that are basically like in closets, right? There's the toilet and the toilet paper and whatever other like items and equipment that you need while you're in there. You do your business. You come out. You leave the door open, and there's a row of sinks in front of you where you wash your hands and you dry them, and then you leave. I was in a why, restaurant. Why does the act of washing and drying like your hands have to be private? Yeah, I was right. I was in a restaurant where I tried that. It was kind of funky, like like I it was something new for me, but it yeah. happened. It, they, it, this was this. Um, I don't know where was I. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give some free advertising for this uh, for this restaurant if I can remember it. Um, but it was at the domain, and and uh, they had they had all these really cool um, like uh, exposés like. Do you remember the mug shots of like David Bowie and Johnny Cash? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. they had them stacked together. They were kind of printed together. Oh, okay. Morrison, I can visualize this. Yeah, David yeah. Morrison, and so this is kind of um, it's a type of cuisine that's kind of off market, yeah. or it's it's out of you know they they are doing these avant garde kind of like things you're not supposed to do with burgers and sandwiches and and they sell them to the public and it's delicious so mm. so uh like criminal food or something like that and yeah <laughs> i can i can only think of like uh gastro uh, yeah, as of, having to do with like doctors and like medical that's, that's going on right now oh, but, but sorry you're losing me now the moment i hear the word gastro involved with the restaurant i immediately like want to firebomb the place Yeah, yeah. If you have like a, a I think of doctors, gastro man. attached to like the name of the restaurant, I think of a guy type of restaurant. Uh, I might not like, get way too expensive. No, I might be No, when I hear the word gastro, uh, I think of. But like, yeah, just to just to bring it back to the you know the, the conversation <laughs> about really uh, hobby shit. Yeah. Uh, is the is the purpose of social justice discourse giving the right wing new things to incriminate <laughs> exactly. because or like new things yeah. to weaponize because that seems to be the the priorities of like all social justice discourse right now everything that comes out is basically a weapon for the right wing and they actually implement it in the form of like legislation and like policies yeah. um, at, at a very fundamental level and like you know you, we see what's happening in the school uh, board meetings and like you know in, in the state legislatures and stuff like that so uh, all of these kind of uh, talks of rumors, like f for the left, for some reason, doesn't transcend the media space. But for the right wing, it actually enters the uh, the legislative realm and actually becomes law. So I don't know who's actually gaining from these kind of conversations on the left wing, other than like a, a small handful of media personalities. Yeah. To... Hmm. Well, who gains from it is people that are, like, trying to seek attention by trying to be as, like, bombastic and, like, they're basically, like, trying to outmask. When I say mask, like, M-A-S-C, like, outmasculinize the right. And it's just, you can't win that game, right? <laughs> like, 
the rate and Rory and I were talking about this before. And by the way, like when I catch Mama beat his ass because you know this was right. uh, th- this was his topic by the way. And um, neither Hayden nor Hair. If anybody sees him tweeting tonight, by the way, I want you to fucking yell at him. But uh, no, seriously, <laughs> I hope I, no, I, no. In all honesty, I hope he's okay because it's not it's not usual that I don't hear from him. So I was, I'm actually getting a little bit worried. So if, if you if you see him tweeting though, just just let him know. Like, hey yo, Q's worried about you. you better you better call him up. But um, Roy and I were talking about this in the sense that the right has a like a, an uncanny ability to wait its turn, like wait for its time to strike. Like, it, granted, like it, they're not like master manipulators. They're not like Machiavellians by any stretch. You know, half of the time that you hear stuff coming out of their mouths, it's just the dumbest shit you ever heard in your life. But they are so good at just like, uh, like just doing the like the qigong pressure strikes against the left or the pressure point strikes because they know what hurts us. And the problem with people on the left is that they huh. see the strat, like they see the tactic. I should say the strategy. They, they see the tactics employed, but they don't understand the strategy. So they respond by just like parroting what they do, which only hurts themselves worse. Hmm. That that is a very interesting thing that I have never heard said about thi- the left okay. right paradigm. I, a, I mean, a good example I, I'm of not this. Interesting as in it's bad. It's just an unusual articulation that I've never heard. Here's and, okay. Uh, an example of this is like Madison Cawthorn, right? So like people, people were just very annoyed. I don't think people were just like really mad at Madison Cawthorn. I think they were just incredibly annoyed by him because he was just like he had this try hard energy that was like it was just palpable that the guy was like he was just trying to get in with the cool kids right and his problem was that he ran his mouth so people act like you know madison cawthorn got taken down by the left because you know he was called out for his hypocrisy and the right had to dump him uh they had to like throw him overboard because his brand was was soiled no they did that to him like they they shredded him in public because he ran his fucking mouth too much. He's talking about going to these right wing orgies and they're like, Hey, say boy, say, I, I, I say boy, I thought we, I thought we had a, a don't ask, don't tell policy about these orgies boy. And they, they just ripped him apart. And the, the issue with the left though, is that they were like, their response to this guy was homophobia. It was the wildest thing. To say. Like they no, were like, they were making a fucking fan fix about how he was going to like commit acts of sodomy uh. from his wheelchair. Yeah, I mean, look, why can't why can't con- congressional members be professional? Like, why can't they just, you know, why is it too much to ask that that our congressional leaders only hire and are are paying with their tax money? Just be a little professional. Like, they're well, obviously I mean, those, those... have a right to have outside Madam, lives, but God, Adam, those days are long gone. I mean, I remember, I remember. When um, Congressman Mark Foley, and this was in the early 2000s, and I oh, remember no. this vividly because Mark Foley yeah. was my state, or he was my uh, state representative, he was my congressional representative in Florida. And, okay. uh, you know, he was caught out, like, you know, having conversations with, like, with high school boys. I guess it was, like, you know, boys uh, from, like, around the neighborhood that were into, like, I think they were, like, in Was he programs. grooming? Yes, he was. He was actually grooming these boys. And when asked why, um, like, why is it that, uh, nobody, um, uh, called this guy out? Like why, why, like people knew that this guy was having these incredibly, and I don't think that he actually like carried it out to the, the point of like sexual assault or 
whatever, but he was having like what are just like unacceptable conversations with, with, uh, with minor boys. And so like, you know, he ended up having to, uh, to, to leave Congress in disgrace. Um, but when, when asked, I, and I'm pretty sure it was Mitch McConnell that said, no, no, it, no, it was Newt Gingrich that said this, not Mitch McConnell. And Newt Gingrich said, oh yeah, we, we don't want to be accused of gay bashing. Like the reason that they didn't say anything, the reason they didn't report him or like try to drum him out of caucus or whatever was that they didn't want to be accused of gay bashing. It's just like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like again, <laughs> n- none of this actually means anything. What? Anymore. What? So, so the, the reason the reason I bring this up is that like the like the right really does not care about this shit. So to have the argument Certain on their right terms, people don't. I mean, obviously, people like the you know Tucker Carlson said, and you yeah. know paragons and morality police, the popo. You know, they're always like trolling. They're trolling people like Sam Smith. I don't care what Sam Smith. He wants to roll around in a latex blow up <sighs> suit. You know, looks like a like a car. How these people bag. like? How these people? That's his, wh- that's his right. You know, he can do whatever he wants. And it's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. He's an entertainer. Right. He's a he's a he's a catty dramatic gay. Like that's what is. What did they think he was gonna do? Like what, I don't know. Like, but uh, people were people were mad at Boy George and the fucking. They were mad at the culture club in the 1980s for their like their licentious it... acts, and Do uh, you people really were pissed. Yeah, <laughs> people were pissed at Madonna uh, for you know for having this uh, all all the uh, was she the, the was she the, the one who started all this stuff like because it did like it. yeah was or was it David Bowie? Books, but also like even the name Madonna right like people really didn't like her because they felt that she was profaning. Sacred in terms of like sacred ideology. Ar- arguing that and the music is would... satanic and all of that. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. This has been this has been around since like, oh, this is like since like the early 1960s, dude. Right. No, I mean but, like, people were after Rihanna last night. People were calling Elvis Presley's music satanic. Yeah. People but thought people thought rock and roll was satanic. It's competition for for church attendance. That's what it is. It is. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all fostering and brand building. But what the point I'm trying to make here is that like, like we're we're supposed to know better than this. And I, I'm sorry, but like the idea of a cop, like <coughs> a cop, a police officer, filing a lawsuit. And I'll just go over the details of the lawsuit real quick because I, I I didn't actually get to that. Right. Um. Let's see. Uh. Megan Hall, who became internationally known earlier this year for her outrageous sex scandal, claims the hostile working environment, uh, working conditions at Laverne Police Department led to her to uh, eventually sleep with multiple men at the department. Hall claims that several of her supervisors groomed her and utilized her sexually without her consent. I, what? Are they saying, are they saying the R word or... Utilize her. I've never heard it described that way before. Utilize her sexually without her consent. I can only assume that means the R word, um, and not the like the one that people find funny. That well, I think there's a lot of people who find both. Funny. Never mind. You know what? I'm gonna shut the fuck up. Uh, the former officer also claims that the chief of the police department, Chip Davis, was condoning such grooming. Additionally, Hall claimed that Davis asked her to dance for him in his office. According to WSMV, local uh, TV affiliate. A third-party investigation revealed that Davis potentially violated federal law by not reporting sexual misconduct. This is true. Hall went on to complain that female officers at the department were treated as sexual objects and targets for verbal and physical harassment. I can definitely see that. 
I think as a whole, the city is disappointed with the situation, said Mayor Jason Cole. The police department is, is held to a higher standard, and so I don't think it falls on any one member of this board. I think we need to make sure that we are setting policies and procedures, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the whole point is, like, she's filing an uh, Equal Opportunity Commission um, lawsuit. Uh, but, like, lady. So there was a work party that she brought her husband to. So her husband, I think, was a park. Yeah, he's a park ranger. And she brought him to this work party. And she was really into this, like, like swinger culture. But I think he wasn't really feeling that very much at all. So she was trying to push him into having sex with a woman police officer that she was saying apparently like you know had the had the hots for him and so he was just like yeah no not really feeling it not my thing at all and i guess he like he had left the room and then come back comes back and then finds her like making out with that officer so i'm not saying that like is is it possible or even likely that uh you know she was sexually harassed possibly even sexually assaulted at the, the workplace yes absolutely but once you throw the word grooming into it, it is just so much harder for me to take anything that you say seriously. What's up, Rika? I'm doing? all right. How are you fellas doing? <laughs> good, good. And, and by the way, Sheila, didn't mean to like cut you off abruptly. I just wanted to make sure that we wanted to make sure we worked our way through the caller queue. Go ahead, Rika. Oh, man. Well, yeah, this subject, I, I feel groomer in like the three years I've been on Twitter, I've seen so many words just absolutely get destroyed in their usage, you know. Yeah. I would also add incel and virgin. Incel, oh and, my and, gosh. And, yeah, people say vir- people call other people vir- for, again. Why are you saying virgin in a derogatory manner? Like what? Somebody else's sexual life is none of your well, fucking well, business. Why yeah, you- well, it also all comes down to embracing the same reactionary tendencies. The right, which we were also discussing, yeah. and yes, it drives me absolutely insane when I see people who describe themselves as communists and socialists doing that. Like, what are you doing? Like, what exactly? Like, yeah. like all you're doing is just doing this tactic back to them. That's it, and it's not going to benefit you at all because it we have no institutional work. power. So <clears throat> it's not like you're going to be able to do anything. And then yeah, the expansion of calling. Like, 21-year-old who dates a 24-year-old. Oh, my God. What, are you a pedophile? Like, uh, huh? Huh? Like, when people say, for example, like, no, I I see people say, like, you know, this is incel energy or this is virgin energy or this is small dick energy. I'm like, okay, so what if, like, what if I said to you, like, yeah, this is, like, big. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is, like, this is, this is big whore energy. Like, with the hard R and everything. This is big whore energy. You know, this is, this is big. This is like gaping pussy energy. You know, this, <laughs> this, is, this is Kenyan pussy energy. You know, this is like, why would you say, like, why would you say something like, like other people's sexuality really isn't any of your business. When you like say that somebody has small dick energy and for somebody to come back and say the same thing, like, yeah, like, this is like a, a back and forth retort that's been like lobbed across the Valley of gender, like since time immemorial, which is like, uh, what is it like uh, people like somebody would accuse a man of having a small dick and then he would say some shit like, well, you know, even a jumbo jet looks like uh looks like a paper airplane when it's flying through the <laughs> or some shit like that. Right. There's always like a joke about your small dick and then there's a joke about your pussy being too big. And either way, it's just like you're all fucking weird. Stop talking about each other's bodies like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I find most amusing about it, and especially find it amusing coming from like people who call themselves feminists and are constantly ranting about patriarchy. I'm like, and yet 
you're doing this very weird male, you know, you're reversing male behavior. You know, you call yourself a feminist, but you're just doing a male behavior. <laughs> well, okay, let's 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 no no let's, let's let's unpack that. It's actually not even reverse. It's following right in line with the exact male behavior that they claim that they're fighting mm -hmm. against. Like when you say that somebody has this, okay, listen when when men talk about like just like how much machismo they carry around with them, what do they say? Listen, man, you know from the sound of the dick slapping against my thigh, I just walked in the room. Like, they talk about how big their dicks are. We literally will say, I'm sorry, but you can't, like, noodle dick your way through this problem. Like, you know, if you, if you like, are up against a problem and you, like, collapse against your obstacles, you know, they'll, they'll say that you noodle dicked it. Or if, like, you overcome a problem that you big dicked it. Like, mm -hmm. people, like, may, men will talk about their dicks in terms of, like, being able to simply conquer things. And... How, why are you, as a woman, like talking about a man in the exact same terminology and and within the same ideological framework that you say that you're fighting against? Like, I'm sorry, I, I I don't think I don't think it's okay to comment on a woman's sexual organs. It's just not. I, I just I find it really fucking weird and not just off-putting. I find it really fucking repulsive. Right? Like, why are you thinking about somebody like that? Like, but at the same, at the same time, like, why why would you as a woman be like, look at a guy? I think. And we're even we're not have talked about this too, but I, I'm going to end up having to like take his side a lot a lot of the time here because he has these counterpoints, and I think they actually do have a lot of merit. Which is that like when you have like when when you have nothing on a guy, like when you have you, you like you're just getting bodied. He says something that like got under your skin. He's got you tilted. He's probably winning the argument, and then the first thing that you do is like come out and talk about like oh you know you're just you're just upset at women because you don't you don't fuck you're a virgin or you're an incel or whatever like this this whole incel thing has gone from like guys that like want to have sexual relationships mm -hmm. but simply can't find mm -hmm. them for any number of reasons right and they were very like they were largely scattered and isolated communities that found a common bond in online forums so it's not like incels are just like a, a rogue craze sweeping across the nation. Everybody is just suddenly becoming an incel. It's that definition creep has now just killed the word. Yep. It's, I don't know how many times I've seen Rory called an incel. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, but like I know Rory fucks. Right? I've been called an incel. And I'm <laughs> like, I have a wife and children. I have biological <laughs> proof that I fuck. Like, and again, why are you thinking about my sex life? I'm, that makes me very uncomfortable. Well, thing, and uh, I'm sorry, I there was a New York Times opinion piece today about how nobody's fucking like fucking is on the decline. And it was in relation to, you know, the whole resurgence of sex scenes in nudity and movies yeah. discourse, which was driving me absolutely up the wall. Yeah. So I was like, and it actually, you know, the, cir the oh, circle. Oh, you, the... you think Vosel is your friend? <laughs> I was born in Hikikomari. <laughs> like the Japanese were some avant-garde people when it came to yep. this shit. I'm sorry, but like. Yeah, the Japanese Hikikomori shut-ins, like, they were, they were, like, the canary in the coal mine for this. And, really, like, I understand exactly where it comes from. And, again, but keep in mind, though, keep in mind, like, they are conflating two issues, right? One is the, is the general sentiment among men, but it's also a general sentiment among everybody. Like, women are also dealing mm -hmm. with this, but for some reason, they, they focused on men because they, they glommed it together with uh, another study that came out in 2020, I believe it was. Um, that showed that like one third of men between the ages of 18 and 30 have not had sex in the last year. To which I say, so fucking yep. what? Maybe they're just, maybe they're just on the grind set, you know, maybe they're just doing the Sigma male <laughs> grind set. 
Maybe they've they've actually seen like they have they have they are now the holy fruit of Volseldom, right? I, I I honestly believe like God's strongest soldiers are. That's what that Seriously. you're describing me. So thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right when you you take all of that you take all of that sexual energy and then you displace it into doing weird and esoteric shit, and you end up becoming a genius. Yeah, well, right? quitting. Like Nikola quitting Tesla. smoking. Nikola Tesla out died again. alone in a New York hotel room. He, you know he wasn't fucking. Yeah. Right, but. But do we remember Nikola Tesla's name? Yes. When you when you think of Nikola Tesla, what do you think? Mad genius. <laughs> How did he achieve this? Full cell energy. I'm just using it to quit smoking and work out again. So that I'm start. I'm starting. Oh, oh like, you're back in the gym no, now. I'm not okay. back in the gym. There's no gym, and there's not really one near me that I can okay. walk to. But I'm working out at home again. So yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Stick into the news. Oh yeah, maybe yeah, maybe it's a good thing you're not going to the gym because I hear this. <laughs> oh god! Oh you 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 piss you yeah. piss some people off. There are people who are now like hell bent on proving that. Joey... I literally had like <laughs> like actual legit friends of mine upset with me over that one, and I'm just like, listen, I I'm not backing down from this. I'm not saying that you should just accept harassment when you go into a public space. What I'm saying is. You seem to be forgetting that when somebody carries a camera into a place like a gym, which is to me a very intimate setting because it is where you work on the thing that matters most to you. In yeah. This world. I'm not talking about emotionally. I'm talking about like physiologically. Mm -hmm. Your body matters more to you than anything else in the world. If your body fails, you go bye-bye, right? So when you're, when you're working on improving it, like you're doing something deeply personal and de deeply intimate with yourself. And – when somebody carries a camera into the gym, like, I know that people check their forms. I don't personally relate to it. I think you can, you know, check your form in the mirror or at least, like, just feel how your muscles are moving. But the Smartphones didn't exist once, and I managed in the gym just, back before they had smartphones just, and mirrors just fine. Ask people. Ask the people around. But here's the thing. So, like, I, 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 and I had to literally explain to people, like, grown adults, like, people that I, you know, I, I, I know and respect, but I'm like, is it like, have we just grown so used to the panopticon that we think that like when you see a video on TikTok and I've seen so many people fooled by like what are very obviously like staged mm. videos. But, like, do you think that just because you're seeing people doing a thing on a screen, that means it was actually happening like that? It's like you've, and the same people will talk about shit like the male gaze and just never put two and two together. Like they, there is a phone on a tripod yes. or propped up against an object. <laughs> All of the and that of is Japan. what is bothering people, and the fact that you are just sliding right over that—that that blatant violation of their well, privacy. because everyone is their faces on the everyone has become the panopticon. We all police and surveil each other now. I yeah. mean, the dispersion of mass surveillance into people's hands has been the greatest uh, accomplishment of the state I've I've seen in oh, my entire my life. It's amazing because because now really you don't Hoover you don't need to worry about just... cops or the NSA because your neighbors or yeah. strangers you've never met will document every little thing you do you like do. when i was in la like a week or so ago i was so like concerned about going up there because i'm like god am i gonna see a bunch of people fucking filming tiktoks because i'm gonna get really mad <laughs> but unfortunately i managed to avoid i've i've literally driven like down to like i've driven down streets in toronto and seen people like filming uh videos that are obviously like for tiktok or instagram yeah and i'm like 
like, do these people realize how fucking weird this is? Yeah, it's it's weird. Luckily, I didn't see too much of it. I was like, oh, thanks, God, because I just was like, I do not want to be in the background shot of someone's TikTok. I'm just really not interested. But that, yeah, now yeah. The, the the fact that I had to like think about it or consider, am I going to end up in, in the background of someone's viral video as I'm just, I don't know, going to see a movie and going to a friend's art show? Like, uh, I should not have to worry about such things. But now I have to because My, everyone is yeah. filming each other. I honestly believe that, like, if you if somebody is like like if you're in a gym and somebody has like propped up their phone or set up a tripod, which is like so fucking obnoxious. Imagine like walking, like pulling a phone and a tripod out of your gym bag and taking it with you onto the gym floor is something that I would literally die of embarrassment if I ever did something Look, like I that. Look, per- I, like, I personally have no idea if I ever got harassed or noticed in a gym because I was too busy working out. Like, I yeah. feel like these... Well, I mean, no, I, I mean, I do actually oh, I see people, do. like, I, I have seen people get oh, harassed. Oh, I know they do. Gym, but, like... But yeah. sometimes I, I wonder how that, much like, of it is a lack of just, like, like why... I am I was just too distracted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here to work out and not worry about what <laughs> everyone else around me is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like, yeah, you put it in your headphones and you just tune everybody yeah. else out. Like, I, and I'm very much like that, too. I just think that, like, if, I, if I'm in the gym and I see somebody out with a, with a fucking tripod out, and, and this is where people, like, you know, the, the, the word creep, and my friend Heidi Matthews wrote a really good essay about this. Like, you know, what are we to do with mm-hmm. creeps? Because, again, creep is, like, a category with mm-hmm. no content. It, it really has no meaning. It's, it's subjective to whoever is just saying the word, right? And uh, I, I honestly think... Um, as somebody who, you know, spends a decent amount of time in the gym, luckily nobody at my gym, at least during the hours I've been there, have, has, like, set up a tripod anywhere within, like, you know, my, my eyesight. If they did, I feel like it would be, like, my social obligation to just walk over and leave the most rancid protein. In their <laughs> just fucking, just, just dioxin poison them out of the gym. I think that that's our social responsibility. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the fact that there were videos that people have taken it so far as filming inside a locker rooms too. I was like, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> what, like, what are you yeah. gonna do if somebody walked by nude? Were you still gonna put it up on TikTok? I'm not even joking you. If I saw like I've this is something that I've never seen in my lifetime. Like, I mean, you see people pull their phones out at the you know in the locker room to like. You know, like, see what text they missed, or sometimes even to call people, which I still find obnoxious. Like, you can wait till you get out, out of the locker room. Like, listen, dog, my balls are swinging, right? <laughs> like, like, get out of here with that phone. But setting up a phone against the mirror in the locker room, which is catching everybody who's walking by them. And those mirrors are yep. huge. I I would have to chuck their phone out of the chain. Yep. I'm sorry. Like, I, just, I, just, I could not. I couldn't let it sit there. I'm not going to go call the gym staff. I'm not like I I have probably been captured in like I would I I don't show my body to people I just don't right occasionally I might pull some throw straps here and there you know which but that's that's no longer allowed because you know I, I do have to respect uh, I do have to respect the job <laughs> but uh, if <laughs> but even if I wasn't that kind of I just find that my body is a very personal thing and if I'm walking around a change room and I'm like getting changed and stuff I'm at a very vulnerable mm-hmm. moment. You don't get to take that moment and share it with the world. I'm, if you're, if I see that shit happen, your phone is like you're lucky to get it actually chucked out of the change room. I'm probably chucking it. No. In the but anyway, nope, I agree. And um, like with, you know, groomer, creep, male gaze, all these terms. Yeah. Have been... I see how much the term male gaze just drives you ballistic. Well, because it has a very specific meaning. <laughs> 
It's yeah. a very specific well, meaning. It doesn't mean a man looking at you. It's never what it meant. It's yeah. never what it meant. And, dry, and then I see people talking about female gaze. I'm like, there's no such thing. No such gaze. thing as the. Fe- <laughs> oh my God, that doesn't Fine exist. Loud. I've seen this. I've seen this happening with uh, passing. I was actually talking about this the other day because, um, you know, people. And I was saying like, as much as people like beg on this, uh, this mixed rapper's name is Logic, and all he ever talks about is being mixed. And I just, I find mixed people who always talk about their mixedness be incredibly corny mm-hmm. and annoying. But I, I see people saying stuff like, "Oh, you know, he's white passing, so he doesn't really himself black." And it's like, no, you, you know, you don't get to do that either. That shit is because they don't understand what the word passing no. means. Because, they, like the like when you say passing, when you, okay, when you pass something to somebody, right? Why why is it that like passing would be necessarily a good or a bad thing? What passing refers to, like the original, like passing Men's you off. could get past white people as well, white. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. Well, you deliberately do yeah. that. But here's the thing. The reason that it was called passing is because you were passing off a counterfeit check, right? Like you were holding yourself out to be a white person. Mm-hmm. It's like somebody with no black parentage or ancestry whatsoever. But that's not true. You were passing counterfeit goods. Mm-hmm. That, like that's what passing, like the original meaning of the term passing as an active thing, like not hiking a football. Like what is it about passing? Like what is it about the word passing that holds cultural significance? Well, at the time when you didn't have to carry cash around with you and you could simply have the bank cover your debt. So you write a check to somebody else. That person would give you goods in exchange for the check. And then they could take that check to the bank and withdraw the money from your account that you promised to them if you cannot cover the balance that was due when you wrote the check you have passed a fraudulent check you passed a bad check that's exactly what what the reference was in terms of racially passing you were somebody who was black or had black ancestry or had quote unquote white features or whatever people want to call it. I guess if like your nose wasn't white enough or your skin wasn't dark enough or whatever, people think that like all black features just simply amount to like just the most like basically just like a like a like a you know like a nineteen nineteen fucking uh John Birch society. <laughs> but the but like you know, because black comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, we, we just do... People love to say, like, blackness is not a monolith until they need it to be a monolith. But the, the problem is, like, when you have black people that could... Let's say, they, they say like, well, you know, my, my dad's Italian. You know, he's Sicilian or something like that. Or, like, you know, like, you know my, my mother, you know, was, like, Spanish. Or they would say things to just, like, be able to get into white society. And the reason it was so offensive to black people is because they were bypassing Jim Crow laws. So they were basically, like, hopping over the racial line to stand over there with the white people and be privy to all of the benefits that come along with being white in the, uh, the Jim Crow South and oftentimes aligning themselves against the very same black people that birthed them. Right. So that's why it was so offensive looking at somebody and saying, well, I think they could pass as white. If I fucking squint hard enough, that is so offensive because you've basically like they grew up with black ancestry. Like they're one of their parents was black or maybe somebody farther uh, farther back was black. But the fact is like you don't get to take somebody's ancestry and their history and their own culture from them because you think that if they, I don't know, like wore a baseball cap 
and you know, like you know, put on a pair of boat shoes that they would be able to pass actively as a white person. Well, if they haven't done that, then shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the original Dolozal. Actually no, the original Dolozal was um do you remember remember the welfare queen story? Remember Ronald Reagan's welfare yes. queen? Remember I was that? a child, yes. No, 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 no. The okay. The, the original um, woman? The original welfare queen, uh her name was Linda Taylor. And Linda Taylor was a white woman that passed herself off as black. And in doing so, like, she would commit all, like, acts of, like, theft and fraud and robbery and deceit. She scammed the government. She scammed banks. She was out there scamming everybody off of social media. And people thought she was black, and she wasn't. And that's how black people ended up uh, saddled with the myth of the welfare queen. Because they were so mad at Linda Taylor, they thought she was a black woman. And she wasn't. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like, uh, uh, there's an, okay. Uh, I can't link it because the device that I'm using to host the show is not connected to my, to my computer, but there's an article in the new Republic about it that was written by, I can't even remember how many years ago, but it, yeah, it had, like I, I knew the story from when I, like since I, I lived in, uh, in Florida, but, uh, that was the first time that I'd seen it like in a major publication broken down so succinctly. So if you look in, like, if you look for like new Republic welfare queen, they've got like a really good, like history of how like Linda Taylor's, um, you know, like criminal career, uh, wound up destroying social benefits for black people across, across the United States. Um, I'm going to, uh, Rika, thank you so much for calling in. I always appreciate talking to you. As a matter of fact, I miss you very much. I miss our chats. Just want to make sure that, uh, we got to Robert before we wrap the show up. Robert, how you doing, bro? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Nice. Nice. Um, well, I want to get back to something we were talking about earlier, or you guys were, mm. which was, uh, you're saying like people don't care about a lot of these issues and that's why they kind of just like talk about it haphazardly. The average person just doesn't really care. You know, I think I, I got to disagree. I think a lot of, well, I think a lot of people don't care, but I also think a lot of people really do care. And one of the, you know, I don't want to sound like an asshole too much, but I think yeah. just most people are just too stupid to actually understand what they're saying is, even though they might be able to recite some text, you know, verbatim and, from memory and, and they have all these like answers. I don't know. If they, I don't think they actually know what they're saying a lot of the time, which is why I think a lot of the times, like we were talking earlier, like liberals, you know, they'll call like Madison Cawthorn, like, you know, they'll use like homophobic comments to him. And then like the next post or the next day they're talking about yeah. gay rights and stuff. And I think it's just because they just don't actually understand what systemic oppression against like gay people looks like. They know what it, they know what the definition is. Hmm. They can answer questions if you have like basic questions about it, but I think they're just too stupid to actually know what to do. And I, I think one thing conclusion I've come to most recently is if I had to describe the state of the world as it is right now, it's just mediocre. It's it we're just coasting off of all of the successes we've had in, over the past many decades and it's just well yeah it's, it's called holy society yeah I like, and I, i'll concede to that i mean yeah. I, I think i think i basically yeah i mean I'm, i i hesitate in making this generalization because there's a lot of ways in which i think 
the current generations uh, even supersede like you know um, if you if you take like the realm of like science and technology not like the, the kind of shit that happens in silicon valley but like in every other field like you you could argue that like essentially we're progressing um in a, in a positive direction not in a negative way so i think like essentially my my sense of it has always been the the difference in uh, the divide between like theory and practice and i think a lot of this what you're saying can be chalked up to equally if not more so to the fact that people are actually not in con- contact with actual people that they are only aware of these things as theoretical concepts and therefore they're not actually able to apply it and if, I, I if think, anything i think that's the distancing i i, I don't mind have a bit of a point there karthik in the sense that like you, i mean you're right like you know i i was a huge like cern geek keep in mind like i have no fucking idea what happens in physics i i could not explain anything about physics to you but like when they when they created the large hadron collider and had like the possibility of like finding the god particle I like I was like tingling with excitement, right? It was like this is friggin' awesome. Like, look what science is doing. We're like we're cracking the code to the universe. But I think the uh, I think the issue though, um, and I, I I think this is probably true of most people. And if anybody doesn't believe me here, feel free to like challenge me on it or not challenge. Me, I'm not a debate bro, but you know what I mean. Like if you if you have any like other opinions, you know I'm, I'm happy to hear it. I think that most people don't see how scientific and technological achievement redounds to the average person. I, I don't think people are really seeing those benefits. Like when, like, you know, dancing uh, and best <clears throat> uh, discover, I was, I, was a, I was about to say penicillin. I'm having another old man moment. Anyway, like, you know, when, when uh, Marie Curie um, discovers like the use of radium, you know, when, when we, like when we had these, like these amazing scientific achievements, you know, the, disco- the, the uh, discovery and of insulin, um, as a, uh, a drug to use uh, in, in combating the uh, the effects of diabetes, um, you know uh, the the development of antibiotics, uh, the eradication of smallpox, all the things were like when when scientific achievement happens, there's al- there's almost like a, an immediate net social result. But I think now we're just so surrounded by these like miraculous breakthroughs in technology that are doing nothing to improve our day to day lives. I think I think. Like, I don't want to speak for you, Robert, but I can kind of see your point of view on that. Yeah, I mean, that's not quite what I was trying to get at. I mean, this is kind of what I'm saying. But I think because I guess my problem with that is, you don't not everyone needs to know all of these technical achievements. They don't need to, like, appreciate it all of the way. But I think a lot of people don't know how to think things through. Like, I think more... A term I've been liking more and more recently is educated fools, where a lot of people know definitions, they went to university. I mean, if you've been to university, you know most people have no clue what they're talking about. And yeah. people will sit there and talk about C's get degrees, which is true. Yeah. And I'm not this I'm not trying to disparage people because like a lot of degrees you don't oh, no, I will disparage degree. people. Like I have a I just well, I, I, I mean I will, but I mean just like in a general sense. You know? No, I will straight up this like I have a friend that's um you know that's uh that's going to journalism school. I was just like dude like please 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 supplement that with some other like take the minor in something else. Supplement it with, with something because J school is just a fucking waste of money. I don't know I, I don't understand journalism school because yeah. what do you yeah. I don't know you well, do, it's just, but that's it's kind just, of what I mean also because it's like yeah. that's that's also what I mean though. It's like what you're trying to be a journalist why are you going to journalist school I, well, because like being a journalist does, i think i think in the present you how to find information 
in a way that most people simply would not be able to do on their own. And it does teach you how to compose writing in a compelling and like organized fashion. I, mean, I, I agree in does, theory, but I don't think that ever that. practically happens. I think, no, I, I think it does. I think, I think, I, say, I think, like, I think people might benefit. I mean, I'm not saying there's never like any benefit from like doing that stuff type of stuff, but I mean, that's also like general, think, like think, English skills and stuff like that. Yeah. Robert, why did you go to school for? Computer science. Right. So I think uh, like essentially you're also speaking from the other side of the L. I went to uh, both engineering school and like I did a master's in uh, writing and I can tell you that like definitely a writing program does like offer the framework that you need in order to be in any kind of like, oh, no, no, profession. Of course, no, no, no. That's not yeah, what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to tell you that like in any kind of profession, there is a, you know, a knee jerk impulse to like dismiss a lot of these things as like completely unnecessary. But at the same time, I think like you have a point in saying that like, you know, a journalism school, uh, on the one hand, as Q is saying, like it, it does like teach you how to put something together in a way that is coherent in a way that is that the average person would not be able to. And like, you have to also like, you know, there's a reason I, I do have like a lot of respect for people who can write like stories one after the other very quick because oh, yeah. I don't have like, I a, might, yeah, I might turn around time. No, no. Like Brandon Sanderson's like approach to storytelling, but I have nothing but respect for his creative output. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't disparage like writing or speaking and stuff like that, or like art or music. Oh, or even just... the program. I think that even the program, I think like has some merit. That's why like it's even sought after. I, I, I think, think that, you... yeah, so go ahead. I think the amount of money that like the, the, that goes into the program is probably the place where you would, you would have to direct your, I think I, my, my point is where I think people put way too much emphasis on the schooling, on the degree, and they don't ever focus on their actual craft a lot of the time. I mean, I, wanna, I, mean, I went to U university for computer science. Yeah. Most of my classmates have no clue what they're doing. They're, a lot, a lot of them are just copying their code. Yeah. And, and they're copying code or, you know, they're memorizing something for a test and they forget it the next day. People, you know, do this all the time and they don't, yeah. they might be able to get work done, but they don't know what they're doing. And that's why mediocre is the word i use there's here, like, Robert, Robert, here's, here's the thing though here's the thing that you're forgetting is that like that's what the milieu of higher education kind of does now right like what like when you look at a university's like home page uh and it's like enticing you through like pop-ups or like animated backgrounds and so on to apply there it sucks you into like from the landing page you get moved into another page that talks about like the university's like history of success because it's trying to get you to apply to go there and the purpose of universities, I don't even think is to really produce like an educated and enlightened populace. Like we're, we're so far removed from like the university of Bologna. What, what it is now is just a place that operates purely on KPIs to attract uh, donations. And yeah. they're not just, they're not just advertising themselves yeah. to the students. They're advertising themselves to their donors to say, if you give money to this institution, look how many degree holders we're putting out. Look how successful they are. Look at the fact that within a year after graduation, you know, like 85% of the students from X, Y, and Z program have landed a job. They, and like all of those graduates are, yeah. all, all those graduates are like potential donors. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, most big universities are just trust funds with a university on the side of this. Right, right, right. So I'm saying it's, that, I don't think the it's the fault. Thing, yeah. I don't think it's the fault of your peers. I, 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 I say the same thing. Like, 
You know, oh no, I definitely would roast my peers. Uh, yeah. No, I, just, I, I mean, po- yeah, sure. You, you should always, I think but, if you're throwing yourself towards any educational pursuit, you should take it seriously and not just like, just go through the rote motions, but keep in mind, like they're in an environment that actually encourages that. Like that's oh, kind of, yes. yeah. I, no, I, I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to say that there's like, it's completely useless because like not everyone needs to be number one. They don't, all need to be super experts on their topic, right? Yeah. But I think most people aren't even knowledgeable in their own topic, at least to like a decently competent extent. But uh, but no, that's yeah, the ex- that's where like I, I think like I'm I'm slightly pushing back. I'm not disagreeing with you entirely because I do think that there's a problem when it comes to like the level of skill acquisition, especially, and like uh, I think the challenge is uh, not the extent to which people are willing to go or like, uh, you know, not even the extent to which they are taught. Um, I mean, more so that like than than how much people are willing to learn. Uh, but I think the problem is the, is the structure itself. Like it's, it's the role that yeah, okay, college well, is starting to play in our, in our lives as opposed to, um, you know, it's a degree as opposed to actually learning the skill and like, you know, in journalism school or like any kind of professional degree in the, in the master's level, uh, a lot more emphasis is placed on like uh, the networking aspect and like finding people who are going to be your like yeah. uh, editors and bosses and like your um, where you commission work from or if, if it's business school, they're going to be your like entrepreneurship partners and like the people that you pitch uh, for venture capital money. And like essentially it's it's just becoming like a more of a nexus rather than like actually as a skill acquisition space. Yeah. So that I think like, I mean, when it comes to mediocrity, I mean, I, I, I've i like, you know, had my uh, share of like saying that the world right now is like nowhere compared to uh, where things were before, where, where uh, you know, standing on shoulders, etc. But I think the problem is not that like the people are not motivated or that the people are uh, facing some kind of skill deficit. I think it's a systemic problem that's like, in fact, confining people to this kind of perspective rather than actually um, people being content with what they're getting because they're yeah, lazy well, or yeah. they're, they're yeah, yeah. convenienced too much. To redirect, because I think I, I found a better way to phrase what I'm trying to get at is, I think when you what I'm trying to get at is there's a level of mediocrity where we were talking about like semantics earlier, right? And how words don't have meanings. And once a word doesn't have like an established meaning, it's kind of useless, right? Yeah. And I think the re- what I'm trying to get at here is a lot of education is geared towards like this mediocrity and what an edu- like what a good education will give you is like an appreciation of like nuances. Right. So when you hear words like groomer or you hear words like uh, someone who's like a, an assaulter, like, you know, the difference, like, you know, like the nuances behind these these differences. And when we have kind of like this flattening of understanding to be very simplistic like you can repeat something you read once and you don't you don't you can't translate that theory into what you see in like the real world of like how you interact with the real can world I, can i we can kind I, of lose yeah yeah go ahead I, go ahead i i got yeah i got what you're saying can i i'm just going to interject real quick and, and say like i think you're close i don't think i'm to be honest like i'm not really all that interested in nuance. i'm interested in like parsing details I don't think that like nuance is always necessarily a good thing. I think I think sometimes you can just like call a thing a thing without having to like learn all of the contours, right? Like so like 
I don't know. I, I just find yes. it to, I find it to be like I don't know that shit. That but comes from but like if you but I I, I guess that's let me, a let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish because I'm, I'm circling back to the point here. But like yeah, I, I think that like nuance allows you to do this like this like Foucault type navel gazing, where like you can't ever talk about concrete things or establish shared truths. Because, like, well, are you and I necessarily looking at the same thing, even though our eyes are both gazing in the same direction? I just, I find that school of thinking to be, like, a, a little bit nauseating. But you are right in the sense that, like, you, it's not just for the purpose of learning material out of a book or, like, learning to, like, compile code in a, in a specific manner. I think what we could probably agree on is that the purpose of it is learning how to learn. Like, you've you've gained the ability to correctly uh, investigate, compile, and produce in a consistent fashion. I, I think the most important aspect of university or any kind of higher education is learning how to learn because 90% of the, the, by the time you retire from your field or you die early or whatever, most of what you pick up is not going to be in higher education. It's going to be on the job. Like it's going to be just through like experience and trial and error, et cetera. But you know, university education like teaches you how to learn. And I think where uh, a lot of like to your original point where a lot of people go wrong on this and why it might seem like you're encountering a lot of people that don't really know a lot, even though they're well educated, is because they never understood or just refused to apply what lesson they were like they were supposed to have learned in university that you don't stop learning and you also don't stop a challenging yourself with ideas that are different than yours. Like people oftentimes will end up leaving university and just, just their brains ossify. And I think that's why, like, I mean, you see me all the time antagonizing like grad students and academics and so on. And part of the reason for that is that a lot of them just sort of like they sit around and they bat around these ideas, like black male patriarchy. Again, like what, what does that word even mean anymore? If you, if like, if you're understanding patriarchy from a sociological perspective, like, it just, it doesn't work. Patriarchy is not just when men run things. Patriarchy is connected to systems of ideology and capitalism, et cetera. It's not just men run things. But like, they'll, they'll say words like uh, uh, patriarchy. They'll say words like anti-blackness. They'll say words like rest in power. They'll, they'll, they'll make all of these verbal and linguistic signifiers to sound as if they know what they're talking about and that they should be taken seriously. But when you look at what it is that these people have actually learned since they got their degrees, like how much have they actually challenged themselves to think like the kind of people that their specific discipline or ideology is supposed to defeat? They don't. And I would say like the, probably the worst example of this, or actually the, the two worst examples of this are Afro pessimism and gender studies. Holy God. I like, and, and having having read, I think more than probably like necessary in both areas. Robert, like I, I think you're right in the sense that like once you get past the learning of things, you then develop the ability to analyze. Like you're not just simply taking in information. You're now taking in information and then you're like compiling it into some sort of order that that you know is it, that works for you. And then you spit out an answer or some sort of like a, a, a binding statement or like a, a, a totalizing statement that takes in all of, the, all of the information that you've learned into account. The problem is I find that people just can't. 
not that they don't, but I feel like they just can't do that anymore. I, I think part of it has to do with like the like the, the sheer glut of information and misinformation that we're like bombarded with on a daily basis. I think part of it is that like most of us simply don't have the time to learn all the things that we need to learn uh, to know what we're talking about. But I think also a part of that is like the the like people's personal distaste with basic dialectics, like challenging what it is that you think you know with what it is that you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, go ahead, brother. No, I mean, like, uh, the one, only thing I would add uh, here is that, like, uh, I think uh, the people don't really learn in order to learn how to learn or, like, to even, like, to acquire information, but just to be part of an in-group yeah. that speaks the same vernacular, uh, whether it's, like, you know, um, Afro-pessimism or gender studies or, like, any kind of uh, critical perspective that they bring to the table. So as long as, like, you're... Uh, I mean, keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not, um, and keep in mind, I'm not putting down like the, the, uh, any of these fields. Yeah. yeah I'm not right. putting down like the academic, uh, like discipline of Afro pessimism. I'm not putting down the field of gender studies, but people who claim to derive their answers, almost like holy writ, like, like manna from heaven from Afro pessimism and half of the gender studies, people that you see saying shit on like social media or TikTok or where, like I see them they're like on like TV news and like I see gender studies people everywhere. And the thing is like, I'm reading the exact same text that they are. Right. And unfortunately a lot of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And, and I'm, I'm, I, I become very clear on whether they're reading like Catherine McKinnon and Shulamith Firestone or if they're reading like Susan Sontag or if they're reading Judith Butler, like, I'm, I'm very clear on which like thought process they glommed onto because it seems like that's all they can say. They can only regurgitate. And unfortunately we just don't have people that are interested in producing new analysis, not only based on what they learned, but what they, but as long as like you kind of uh, padded some of these ideas, you get uh, the access to the places that you want to go anyway. So it's like, you don't really need to. And, and, and I think like this might be a phenomenon that is more again, media centric as opposed to uh, an actual yeah. academia itself, because I am pretty sure like any academic research like carries on without any sort of uh, this kind of like being bogged down. And that's why like, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, skeptical of uh, fully signing on to this mediocrity thing, because I think the mediocrity is in the space of media. I don't think it's in the actual fields themselves. I think the fields are doing probably okay. But the ones who are uh, leveraging the yeah. fields to be... Well, it depends on what field you're talking right. about. But I, I will agree with you that... Uh, like... Karthik, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Karthik I, I agree with you somewhat on that statement. It's just... Uh, first off, I want to say this to Q. A uh, very good point about all the people you uh, pointed out, like attaching all these different feminist voices. I think there's one part of that also that's... It kind of extrapolates to a much bigger critique of culture that's kind of within this, which is you're like, well, why doesn't there any new analysis? And I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, the same reason we don't get any fucking new IPs in movies or TV yeah. hardly more, because everything around those things, like in, in terms of entertainment, in terms of academia, the reason they don't expand anymore is there's no money in it because I think, at least in the case of academia, I think we've all gone over and over again why entertainment doesn't ever want to expand. But with academia, the reason why they don't want to expand within it, and this is just me 
throwing out a half-baked theory. If there's any uh, teachers, any professors or teachers that could disprove this, please do. But I feel like the reason why academia is going down this road is after they kicked out pretty much everyone who was like Marxist or even close to it during like the 60s and 70s, I think when they actually got rid of all the actual leftists, where we got left with was, okay, now you have this campus, you have these kids wanting to be more and more political, more and more and more and more and more and more and more. You want want to be more political. I'm just going to say, I couldn't even imagine what it's like to try and teach undergrads right now. I, 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 I would rather be like chained to a mountain and have eagles peck out my liver every day. Well, no shit. Why do you think you're the guy? Well, no shit. Steal my resolve to walk into a room full of undergrads. Q, 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 Q. I know this is going to be. Yeah. Q, I know it's going to be a really morbid thing to say, but why do you think there's currently a shooting going on at the college nearby? Oh, uh, come on. A... <laughs> you know what? You're you're in Michigan. You can say it. I can't agree with it. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Dude, we're ahead. all fucked up here. Why do you yeah. like you think the you think Detroit's bad? The rest of the state is is kind of fucked up. Like the, Detroit is just like far cry. Is like Far Cry Two. The rest of the state is like Far Cry Five. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I got there. We I got are there the year before Kwame Kilpatrick was elected, and my God, that was the most inter- that was the most entertaining mayorship I think in my lifetime until Rob Ford. No, 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 no. Rob Ford was way more entertaining until Rob Ford. Rob, listen, man. As much no, as no. I Rob was... Ford was wait. No, Rob Ford. I could laugh at that one. But Kwame, I wanted to punch him in the face. I do still want to punch him. Some of the stuff that face. Kwame Kilpatrick said to reporters was so fucking funny. I'm sorry, it just was. Now he was a he was. An oh asshole. no, 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 no! Absolutely yeah. true. Absolutely true. Yeah. But nothing, nothing, nothing will ever top Rob Ford clearly being high on crack, speaking in patois. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will beat that. Nothing will. Yeah. Nothing will beat that shit. Nothing will yeah. beat that. Just this fat, auto, fat Canadian white man just sitting there talking like, uh, talking like Lennox from from Belly. Oh my god! Classic. Dude, like Toronto politics. If he hadn't, has... if he hadn't died, he'd be PM right now. But <laughs> oh my here's the thing: like he, you he know I'm right. Like, you know I'm right. He is you know a uniquely right. dangerous human being, or was anyway. You know. Uh, rest in peace. Oh, uh, and and here's the thing though: like his older brother Doug, like Rob was, he was he was a clown and an asshole, but you can tell that he actually just really wanted to be liked by people. Doug does Doug give a f- Doug Ford is fucking satanic. Like his older brother, who is now the premier of Ontario, like so his brother ran in place of so he dropped out of the election in 2014 yeah. to run in city council. The same city council ward that I was running in, by the way. Um, we will not be speaking this time again. Uh, his his brother, Doug, who was the ward five city councilor, decided to run for mayor instead, and this all happened like right before the deadline. And then so John Tory, the current mayor of Toronto, he hasn't resigned yet, uh, beat Doug Ford and Olivia Chow handily uh, to become a three term mayor. D- Doug Ford then launched a coup on the Ontario PC party, which is like the Ontario like. Oh, I've heard this story. He shanked the leader of the party at that time, Patrick Brown, with a sex scandal about him apparently hitting on some like younger girls at a bar, which he's a bar owner who hits on young girls. What the fuck? 
Uh, Patrick Brown gets out. Here's me. How young are we talking? That's my question. How I, young are we talking? You know what? I never really looked into the story, so I don't know. But I also assume that all because if we're talking a bar, they're we're talking at lowest twenty one. <laughs> well, here's no nineteen on Ontario. But here's the thing. Like I also assume really? that all bar owners. Yeah, it's nineteen here. Now, yeah, we used to like when I worked nightclubs. I used to bounce at nightclubs in Windsor, like across the border from Detroit. And we got people coming from like fucking Ohio and Indiana and Pennsylvania to party because they couldn't do it in their home state. Don't feel too bad because my don't feel too bad because one of those people was probably my dad if it was like during the <laughs> late eighties. Do you know how many people I had to toss out skull first and then like like ninja throw their Indiana driver's license after them? But yeah, like so. Oh no, uh, he didn't. He was one. Of the, he wasn't one of the. He wasn't one of the guys would have got thrown. He would have been one of the guys who would have like left voluntarily, but oh, okay, like okay. With, like some like. He would have been guys who would have went there voluntarily, no, left you know voluntarily. The, but you a lot of the Detroit guys were. A lot of the Detroit guys and women were. Oh no, he's not from Detroit. He's from Lansing. He's well, from I mean, Lansing. Regardless, but like, I mean, if you if you come across the border from Michigan, I just assume you're from Detroit. I don't even I don't give a fuck what I see. I don't remember that shit. No, no, no. Lansing's the capital. Lansing's I in the dead center. Of this. You have no idea how little I care. But the point is, the people from Michigan. Oh come on! If it means I must you, the people from Michigan were generally nice people. You know why? Because they were repeat customers. Even even like grown ups, even like older people from Detroit. A lot of times they would come over to Windsor to party because they just wanted to be somewhere and have a good time and not run the risk of getting shot, right? Because, like... Yeah, no shit. Like, you know why? Oh, yeah. yeah, you know shit. You know why? Because Michigan because Michigan to Canada is pretty much like what the Falkland Islands were to the British Empire. <laughs> like, yeah, we're pretty yeah, no, much we, no, you. There's, there's murals. There are murals, like, painted on the sides of buildings all over Windsor that tell that story. That, yeah, you know, that, that belonged to us. Um, but to, to like we're story, we're supposed to be Canadian. We're supposed to be Canadian. That's what I'm saying. Well, it, but, but anyway, cool. going so like so. But so going so, back so to like, the original point, yeah, I was trying to Doug make. Ford shanks Patrick Brown, and and Patrick uh, once he's once Patrick Brown's out of the picture, becomes the mayor of Brampton. Doug Ford takes over the PC party of Ontario. He becomes the Ontario Premier, which is basically like the Ontario Governor, I guess you could say. Now here's the here's the funny shit. Here's just the funniest shit. It would be the height of fucking comedy if he stepped down from his post as premier to become the mayor of Toronto. And I could see it making perfect sense because it is almost impossible to unseat an incumbent in Canadian municipal politics. Like, you, you're actually more powerful than a prime minister. Um, and Wouldn't it be funny? No, no. I can think, of, I can think of something funnier than that. What's that? I can think of something funnier than that if he ran, ran to be mayor of Toronto. Just out of nowhere, just... Just Drake funds some like super PAC to get to <laughs> <laughs> just out no, of actually, fucking nowhere. I, I no no no. Here's the thing. I think I think he's got the run. money. He could do it. No no no. But I th- I th- no, I don't think Drake could run for mayor of Toronto. I mean, it would just make no sense. No, not run for mayor. Like run a super PAC to like get run, someone against. Oh, him. we don't have super PACs. I think the most you can donate doesn't matter how much money you have. The most you can donate in municipal politics in Ontario is two thousand dollars. Um, oh, you guys actually have a functioning political system. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the maximum. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm wrong. The maximum you can donate for an individual candidate, I'm pretty sure, is like seven fifty. But okay, so that I say all that. I'm say sorry, seven fifty. Seven. I think so. You mean I could only? You mean I could literally only donate the price of a PS Five for a candidate? Yeah, that's at- right. Yeah. If you yeah exactly, it's either the God of War bundle or support the mayor of Toronto. But so I'm actually going somewhere with this. So like so so. Uh, John Tory, who ends up winning as mayor of Toronto, just had to announce his resignation on last Friday because he got caught up in a sex scandal. 
And he was apparently like banging a 31 year old staffer um, who had like very, like very big Kirsten cinema energy, like with the costume jewelry and everything. And so Rob Ford was actually confronted at city hall. And yeah, uh, I know worldly bong that he hasn't resigned yet. Cause he might actually stick around long enough to pass the budget and then leave if he decides to at all. But like uh, Rob Ford was also uh, called out or at least like questioned by reporters on having made spurious sexual comments. Um, I forget who Olivia Gondike was. I, I, it's not going to come back to me because I, frankly, I just really don't care. And also, that didn't he was, Rob? Like, he was also hold on. Was it Rob? Like banging? He was banging strippers in the mayor's office, which fucking dudes rock. <laughs> but like, no, so no, just, no. I have to disagree I, I, on that one. That's know, just gross. I That's know, no. I know. Dude, no. I, and not even because she's a stripper. Just don't. Have I had to get it. I know. You should not. Obviously don't do not. that. I obviously not, obviously not. But uh, now the Oval Office, if you become president, absolutely. But I, but I mean, but I mean, who among us hasn't had the thought? So anyway, uh, so I haven't. I haven't. Well, so when Rob Ford was confronted, he was confronted by uh, reporters. Uh, uh, this is the one we say talked about eating a girl's yeah, pussy yeah, or some shit. Yeah, don't spoil the surprise. Let me, let me, let me, let me play the clip because this is one of the dude. The first time I saw this clip. I almost fucking... Have you ever laughed so hard that you think that you might actually... Oh, I've seen this! Could have collapsed? Okay, hang on. They're calling a friend of mine a prostitute. Alana is not a prostitute. She's a friend. It makes me sick. People are, are saying this. So unfortunately, um, I have no other choice. I'm the last one to take legal action. I can't I can't put up with it anymore. So I've named the names. Um, litigation will be starting shortly. Yeah, so he filed a lawsuit against the Toronto Star for basically insinuating that... Uh, that uh, he was bringing, sorry, a, I wasn't a stripper, a, you know, a sex worker into uh, the mayor's office to do like licentious things. He was saying, like, well, no, she's she's not a prostitute. She was my friend. That's that's awful. I'm going to sue you. But then check this out. I've had enough. That's why I warned you guys yesterday. Be careful what you're Wait writing. for it. So that's all I have to say for now. And the next thing I want to call uh, Mayor Britannia in Hamilton and tell him that uh, we're going to have to spank the little uh, tiger cats. Oh, and the last thing was... Um, oh, but, okay, so that reference was... So he's wearing a Toronto Argonauts jersey, which is like the Toronto CFL team. And we have like a... you know the cross. Oh, I know who they are. Um, the Hamilton Tiger. Michael Sam used to play for them. Michael oh, Sam yeah, used that's to play right. for yeah, the yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. Although, like... I feel like that guy fumbled his bag. That's a whole other kettle of fish. We'll talk about it one day. Olivia please do. Please do. Was um, Olivia Gondak? It, it says that I wanted to eat her pussy. Olivia Gondak. I've never. <laughs> dog, dog. You didn't hear the whole thing. I'm gonna play it one more time for you. Spank the little uh, tiger cats. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It, it says that I wanted to eat her pussy. Olivia Gondak. I've never said that in my life to her. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Thank what about what about drinking? Dog, dog, dog. I didn't hear that part. I've got Bravo, more <laughs> enough to eat at home, dude. He said that. How do you think his wife reacted to that? <laughs> How do you think his wife reacted to that? How do you think his wife reacted to that shit? I wavered between hating the guy just for like what he did to my neighborhood, and just like I'm like, who actually talks like that in front of? So you feel about him the same? And survives it. It was unbelievable to me. That dude was the fucking prototype. Like you think Donald Trump was funny? The shit that came out of Rob Ford's mouth on a regular basis would kill you. Like, 
You, we talked Donald about Donald Trump's not funny. A Victorian, a Victorian child being killed by a flaming hot Cheetos. No, an American prior to Rob Ford. Look, sorry, an American. Sorry, prior to Donald Trump, if Rob Ford was popular enough in America for more than just smoking crack, if they heard the shit that came out of his mouth on a regular basis, it would kill you. First of all, Donald Trump is not funny. That's that is that yes, is just a straight yes. man pretending. Man, dog. Um, he's just a straight. No, no, no. He's just a straight man. No, he's a straight man pretending to be to be Charles Nelson Riley. Charles Nelson Riley was a goddamn national treasure, and I will not allow this yeah. man to, to go Donald on Trump. national TV. And pre- Donald Trump is fucking. He's the last great comedian alive. I I will hear no. I'll hear nothing else. All right. I hey, I don't find him funny. No, no. Every yeah. every. Every boss I've ever had that every boss that I've ever had that talks like him, I eventually wind up pulling a knife on. No, fuck that. Okay. That is not. All right, funny we're gonna to have me. your the crimes of... on our show. <laughs> we're gonna take our next caller. All right, Gio, uh, you're the last caller, and then we, uh, we we do have to wrap up for the evening. What's up, buddy? Hold on. All right. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna talk about like so like. You see that you you see this thing with, with like the therapist discourse on the internet, like where have where, where people who've like have like done ses- like sessions, right? So oh, God. They yeah, the uh, the unlicensed therapists that have be been very, for like three or four sessions they, yeah. picked up the lingo and then now just like bludgeon everybody else with it. Yeah. Yes, and like and they use it to like to pretty much justify the worst, almost toxic, most toxic things ever on the internet. I mean, that's it. No, no, no. No, I think I think uh, you're partially right. I mean, this is I think this has been going a lot longer than like you know unlicensed therapist discourse. Like I remember oh, yeah. the first time that I saw emotional labor, which is again another word that's <laughs> experienced like complete semantic collapse. But I saw people like talking about oh, you know, like the difficulty of like bearing the emotional labor of being a woman in X, Y, or Z field. Or even being a parent, or whatever, and it's like I listen. I I'm not saying that I have no sympathy for that, but that's just not what that word means. Emotional labor doesn't mean that you experience emotions while doing labor. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's just like, <laughs> well, like or that you help somebody that you with that emotion. Being a man, the male gaze is not looking at something while being like emotional labor doesn't mean emotional labor means that a component of your labor requires. Faking your emotions for people, like mm. an airline uh, stu- oh shit, uh, sorry, flight attendant. They call them flight attendants now. I always get that. I always, I am always about to say, uh, stewardess, and then airline yeah. hostess, and then I, I hit flight attendant. All right, so a flight attendant has to perform, like not not just like you know being very polite to people, but also like you're flying in a an aluminum tube like 30,000 feet above the air, right? So, of course, you're going to have to set an example for people to behave themselves for as long as that plane is in the air. Because if shit goes down, like, who, who are, are you going to stop them? Like, your job is to be, in, like, emotional bedrock. Your job is to make people feel good, but also feel like, if I step out of line, something bad could happen to me when this plane lands. You know what I mean? Like, there, there is, like, an emotional uh, tightrope that they're walking. The same thing for... Uh, retail workers, you know, when, when service with a smile became the retail workers credo, that is, you have to make the customer feel 
like they're doing you a favor and coming into your store and giving you money in exchange for a thing they wanted. And even when a customer fucking flips out, it's your job to maintain your cool. And if you lose your cool, you will very likely lose your job, even though nobody should have to be put up with that kind of abuse. Emotional labor is your waitress having to pretend they like you. Emotional labor is your bartender pretending that they're interested in listening to your story. That is emotional labor. But the thing is, like, when we, when we let people just – it's not even like, – I'm not a language stickler at all. It's just that we're no longer able to explain phenomena because everything has been rolled into everything else. Everything means everything. Everybody has experienced everything, and yet nobody can relate to anybody. And that's, that is the ultimate end product of both semantic collapse – but also, I think that is like an inevitable end result of postmodern ideology because everything is experiential and everything is relative, then nothing actually means anything. There is no such thing as grounded truth. There is no such thing as concretized material conditions. It's just however you happen to feel about a particular thing, particular thing at a moment. I mean, because like emotional labor is supposed to be like a friend who's unavailable to help you because you want to share something. Yeah, emotional labor and is they're your not friend available. called you and asked you if you can help them move. And they were completely or just hang to out. the fact that you're lying in bed with fibromyalgia symptoms. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like, like emotional labor is your child of like your, your, your 22-year-old child moving back in with you because they lost their, they got laid off as a coder and it's just emotional labor. No, actually here's a better example. Cause this one actually was true. Like that somebody did do this and they got fried for it. But this lady talked about like her foster son trauma dumping on her. And she had to explain to him, like, it's not okay to just like take all of your problems and dump them on me. Lady, you're his fucking foster mom. That's your job. Your job is to listen to the things that bother him. He's a teenager. I, like, but that's it. But people use these words. Then she was talking about the emotional labor of having to like listen to this boy do these things, and not, you know, like women uh, end up having to like carry all of these labors in the house. Like what, listening to your fucking kids? D d d don't bring foster kids into your like. This is not. Nobody knocked you up. You went out and signed paperwork and are getting paid money to have these children in your house. It is your fucking job to be supportive of them. But everybody thinks that like because they experience emotions and they experience. Uh, they have experiences in the world that are not pleasant to them. It is somehow because it's work. It's, it's not just that it's work, and not just that they should be remunerated for it, but they should be considered a victim of society for having to endure it in the first place. Yeah, it'd be even better if they actually just ask for money or something, because that way they you you'd at least one hundred percent know that they're the transactional. To, I'll I'll glad they pay the uh, pay the money to never talk again. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then like the, the whole idea of like, you know, saying that like they should be praised more. I think it's the praise aspect that's like a little more uh, cheaper, because if you at least say that, like, you know, if you if you want my help, then I uh, then I have to be compensated for it. Then at least like that kind of clearly sets them uh, out to be, uh, you know, like transactional yeah, that, that the way that they handle things. solidarity. Like I've mm -hmm. seen people talk about like, you know, if you, if you, if you as a Palestinian want my support as a black person, what, what am I getting in exchange? Where, where's the solidarity for me? It's like, well, they, they, they have been acting in solidarity with black people. Well, it doesn't matter. I, where is my check? 
uh, I've seen like black people and Asian people get into these fights. I've seen like I've just seen so many of these, in- and it's just like the fact that you can't see that you have turned relationships of experience and even identity into relationships of transaction, and it's, and that's pretty much what this all boils down to is that I feel like I have not been rewarded adequately for this work that I had to do. It's like unfortunately your reward is just being thought of as a good person. That's it. And doing the work itself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. You get you get to re, you get to you get the opportunity to shape a child, a foster child, who could have had just the worst possible life into somebody that like escapes the statistical realities of foster children. You had that opportunity. You can you can actually like make this child a success that cuts against the narrative. What do you do instead? You fucking log on to Twitter and bitch about being a parent. Anyway, um, we also, should wait, one more thing. Okay, go ahead, real quick. Yeah, so you you mentioned like how like the internet almost like forces you to eye yourself in a way that's almost like a hazing where like you don't have to like. Tell people that like, he was vulnerable aspect of your of of your life in order for them to like validate you in some way, which I think was pretty good part of it. To me, it's kind of weird where, where we all have to like haze ourselves in order for us to like participate in this whole like weird internet thing. I don't know. Uh, I I well, yeah, this idea that you should like you know subject yourself to like daily floggings by. And you really don't like, you know, I, I, did I even tweet today? I think I might've tweeted like once or twice today. There are days where I'll just like, just like, just be rapid fire tweeting. And then I'll just like take two, three, four days off a week off at a time. And it's just like, you know what? Sometimes I would just rather like stow this thought in my head and let it sit there and marinate so that it hopefully becomes a piece of writing or something else later on. That doesn't have to be an idea that I just like let escape into the wild. But unfortunately, I mean, that's just the way that works. And we, we could probably like talk about that another day. And I think we should because, um, it's, it's now 11.30 and getting pretty late. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, just want to say thanks to, uh, to Geo, to all of our callers, to all of the audience members who uh, stopped by the show. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening to the show. If you like us, please support us. And one way that you can support us is by going to namehusky.com when you want to find your next nifty domain name. The .com domain will cost you $14.99, and that's the price today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Um Karthik, is there anything you want to plug before you go? I'm good. I think uh, we can wrap. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. uh, We will see you on Wednesday, same time. And uh, thank you once again. Peace.